Hey guys, Sleeper Kid here. It is November 15th, 2016, and you're about to listen to our newest podcast starring the lovely Nixon, uh, who sat down with me and had a nice long chat over some wine after, uh, I think we even took a food break. But uh, as some of you know, Nixon is just um, one of the best models out there for BDSM, fetish, uh, also a hell of a producer. And she sat down and talked to me about... Uh, the nature of, of fetish in general, but also her own kind of stories, uh, you know, her her coming into the business a little bit later than, than most people did, which I can relate to. Um, and she just, um, she's fascinating to talk to and has some really, really great tales. So enjoy, guys. Um, it's awesome, and I can't wait to do the next one. But in the meantime, uh, get a kick out of Nixon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. Uh, we uh, just released a little podcast uh, two days ago with Mary Meow, which was fantastic. And uh, it had been actually a month before that since we released one, so we got a lot of emails from you guys asking to do another one. Well, you know what? When it rains, it pours because uh, today we have the lovely uh, Nixon. Hello. Visiting us, and she came through to do some shoots uh, with Jacqueline Velvets, also uh, with the lovely model Lynn Constance. Uh, and I just, uh, I couldn't help but ask if she would do a podcast, and she graciously said yes. So, um, if you don't know who Nixon is, <clears throat> I feel bad for you, but uh, but Nixon has become, over the years, uh, I mean, just internationally known. Um, she's been a very prolific uh, producer, model, uh, and, and you said uh, recently you had a penthouse, I believe? Yeah, um, I had about nine or ten pages of um, the July-August issue of 2015 in Penthouse. I did a two-girl shoot with another model named Nisa Nevers, who mm. I'm sure you know. I do. And then Scott Church um, shot it. it I've met him as well, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, you know, I work with him all the time. Brilliant, yeah. Um, he, the, 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 um, the editorial was actually on him, so there was like this two little paragraphs about him, and then the rest was just the, um, the full-color the set words. of Nisa and I. Yeah, it was pretty. We shot it um, actually at FatCon 2014 in that parking garage and the old building. I think I've seen those pictures. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So then those, um, all, pretty much all of them ended up in that editorial in Penthouse, which was really cool. And now you're you're kind of, there's a follow-up to that now with, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned uh, Hustler Taboo? Hustler Taboo. Um, actually, 15 minutes ago, I opened up my email and I found out that in the November-December 2016 issue of Hustler Taboo, I have two photos. Oh, that's great. They're doing a, um, if it's an editorial or just a feature on, <clears throat> excuse me, the photographer Chaz Ray Kreider, whom you also know that I do a lot of work with as well. And two of my photos made it into the feature. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's really cool. I, um, I, I didn't know Hustler Taboo was a thing until you mentioned it because I, I always thought Hustle was just the mainstream you know, yeah. magazine. Yeah, if you're a fan of fetish, I definitely recommend checking out Taboo. I just saw the cover, yeah. <laughs> They're not mincing any sort of words. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty pretty straight to the point. Um, so yeah, if you guys are fans of fetish, Hustle Taboo is, is definitely a uh, magazine to see. But um, uh, So today we did some... Actually, you didn't shoot for me today. No, I didn't. You did some great stuff with with Miss Velvet. So mm-hmm. I think you guys did some Vore... Yeah, I brought my Vore monster, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw, so that was pretty fun. Giant killer worm. <laughs> we'll, we'll expand on that later, because I, I, that's a topic we've had a lot of requests to talk about, is the Vore scene, and you've done a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I talked um, quite a bit. And then Jacqueline put you, I think, in a video where it was, uh, I guess, um, almost like a, 
a sexy death fetish mm-hmm. where it was uh, you guys had were playing spies in a virtual reality program mm-hmm. you were shooting each other I filmed it it was a lot of fun and then you did a Sailor Moon one yeah I have a guy who likes to order customs from me and he is obviously a very huge fan of the Sailor Moon franchise mm-hmm. I have we talked about earlier I've never seen no the idea. cartoon I'm not a fan of anime and I think by the time that Sailor Moon was a thing like at least a thing in the States I was hanging out in bars, so. <laughs> so I wasn't at home watching cartoons. But I have a fan who likes to order these customs from me, and each custom is with a different... I, I did one for him, and then each subsequent custom has been with a different model. And each time, it's a different character from the Sailor Moon whole thing. So Jacqueline got to play Sailor Neptune. Sailor Neptune. And again, it's a vor. He likes the vor. And it's different vor than what I've than other what either Jacqueline and I have ever done because um, he doesn't like a lot of the vor um, elements. Yeah, he has his own. He's in late, he's really into the um, he's really into the story. It's just a three page script that I had. I saw the script. He's really into the backstory about why these monsters were shrunk down, and essentially he likes. Um, so the monsters are in the videos are played by gummy bears, mm-hmm. and essentially the Sailor Moon character talks about defending her planet or the world and saving them the world from these monsters, and so that she becomes stronger and makes them weaker, she swallows the gummy bear monster whole, <laughs> and as she digests them, she absorbs their powers and feels them getting weaker. So, for those who don't know, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of you guys do, but uh, the vor fetish itself, it has to do with, how would you describe it to the layman? Um, well, vor in general just means eating. Mm-hmm. So, and that could mean a lot of things in fetish. It could mean that the model is just straight up eating, eating food, yeah. eating food, like eating food, like a very daily monotonous activity, nothing very spectacular about it. But there's that fetish, um, that aspect of it. There's also the vor. Some guys are more attracted to the mouth element of it, like the mouth fetish. So if you get the food or you have the little gummy bears or even gummy worms, it's the, you know, the teasing with the tongue, the playing with it. Um, that some guys like chewing. A lot of guys don't like chewing. Yeah. They like the swallowing whole yeah. of the item. Some guys like it to be chewed. Um, some guys just, and this falls into vor too a little bit, I found out. There's no food involved, but they just like the mouth. Hmm. Like, you know, like the tongue. Well, yeah, because uh, I think I met a girl at FetishCon who does a lot of that. Um, I forgot her name, but she does a lot of the just shooting down the mouth and getting the uvula and the yeah. tongue. And, and is that, would that be considered more vor or more just mouth fetish? I personally think it's more mouth fetish, but I've seen a lot of subcategorization of it on Clips for Sale under vor because essentially the mouth is used to be to eat food yeah. with. So it could be that. But the whole other spectrum of vor is models getting eaten by things. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yes, because you, you, know you, I mean? you did one today. Right, I did one today. So so just to uh, paint a picture, so I came back from the gym and I walk <laughs> in and there's a giant, sleeping massive bag sleeping worm. bag, but it has been designed to look like a, a killer worm that will eat you alive. And I think you did one with Constance? 
I did not do a board with Constance. Oh. Um, I did just Oh, a... there's food here, guys. Hey, food. <laughs> this is how professional we are here. Um, we're going to take a very quick uh, food break, and we'll be right back to continue. Well, actually, how weird is that? Food break. Boar. Boar. <laughs> All right, be right back. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, as you can tell, we are not prepared tonight. We had some <laughs> delicious sub sandwiches oh, from the local so place. Good. What did you have for the four fans? I had an Italiano sub. And what did that have in it? Um, a bunch of Italian meat. And, now, some, and some cheese and tomatoes. And it went into your mouth and you went chewed it up. Went into my mouth <laughs> and I chewed it up and I swallowed it. <laughs> now it's <laughs> digesting in your stomach. Um, yeah. it's, it's about to join many souls who have mm -hmm. met the same fate. But anyway, so Vor is, um, you know, I, I always thought Vor was eating someone, like, because my friend Gary Pranzo did yeah. a lot of Vor uh, for his giant test site. Mm -hmm. I've and worked so, for Gary many times. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I've seen it. He's very, <laughs> he loves you. He's like <laughs> posting pictures before, you know, you even show up. So, um, so yeah, so we, uh, that's a hell of a tangent. So we did the Vor, you did the Vor scene with, who was in the scene? Who was in the worm? Um, it was just a solo with Jackie. Um, okay. I mean, I was puppeteering the worm. And the, so just like a tripod shot? Uh, well, Constance was still here. Oh, so right. She, she helped with the beginning until I got out, and then Jackie was puppeteering as she was getting eaten. Oh, that's great. So essentially, um, how this monster came about, this is a fun story for the fans. So mm -hmm. last winter, I get this custom, and this guy wants me to be, he has a little scenario, he wants me to be eaten by this monster, and like, yeah, I totally do. Because I love doing vor. I've done a lot of um, that type of vor for other producers before. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. So with the way the guy wanted the monster to eat me in the video, the best way to to construct the monster, in my mind, was, well, I'll get a sleeping bag. Yeah. A black one. And then I'll put a face on it. Well, I'm not... I'm creative. I'm not real crafty. My mother is fantastic at sewing and crafting. <laughs> she is phenomenal. So I had my mom make this war monster for me. <laughs> what was that phone call like? Was just... Well, I sent her a text mm -hmm. and I drew her. Uh, I'm, I'm horrible at drawing. I'm very creative. I cannot draw. So the monster that I drew kind of looked like a hot pocket with fangs. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, what is this? I'm like, well, I need you to do this for me. And she was like, okay, we'll talk. I was in Florida at the time. She's like, we'll talk when you get we'll home. Meet, we'll meet at church. Yeah. yeah. She, she's like, See you Sunday at 9 a.m. We'll talk when you get home. So I ordered the parts off Amazon. The guy paid for me for the custom. He paid me for the monster parts. And so then I brought the old sleeping bag of ship to my mom's house. And I you know, went over, pulled it out, and I showed her what I wanted. And she got really excited, and her eyes lit up. Oh, nice. She's like, oh, I have the perfect green fabric for his eyes. And how about some white fuzzy eyebrows to make him look mean? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so I went back a couple days later. Thanks, Mom. And she's putting the finishing touches on him because he has, like, a big, like, the his entire opening. Like he's the very, top and the bottom. Yeah, he's very handsome. His, um, <clears throat> are, like, these white felt fangs, mm -hmm. like these chomps. And so she's ironing the thing on and sewing and she looks up at me you're getting paid for this right <laughs> that was her only question she didn't ask me why i needed it she didn't ask me what i was doing with it she didn't even she just didn't care her only concern was you're getting paid for this right i was like absolutely and chompy has paid for himself time and time mm, again that is a good mom 
Um, I have uh, my mother, um, strangely enough, like when she first, because I, you know, I was getting into the wrestling fetish when I was younger, much younger, mm -hmm. and uh, back when VHS was still a thing. And oh, so yeah. I remember I there was a company that, you know, you could, uh, well, a company started sending me their tapes to review because I had a review site. I had mm -hmm. a fan site before okay. I created my own material. And so I would get a sack of videotapes from like Double Trouble or something like that. <clears throat> And, uh, and the guy who ran DT was just like, you know, just review the ones you like. I'm like, all right, that's all right. fair. And so my mother walked into my room one day and found like one of the tapes in the VHS and it had the little symbol of the women like locking hands. Um, and, uh, and she played a little bit of it and wait, waited till I came home and gave me this whole speech of like, uh, is this, is this a fetish? Which in Spanish, I was like, uh, I, the word is feto. F-E-T-O. Okay. I didn't know what the fuck that was when I was that age. So when she right. kept yelling that word at me, I'm like, what is that? Me and Pranzo talked about this at length um, during our podcast. But uh, it really freaked me out because it, it made it sound like such a terrible thing. Right. Um, it sound dirty. Yeah. And my mother was like, this means you won't have normal sex. And you're gonna, <laughs> you're just going to want to watch women fight for you like it's for the Coliseum while you jerk off. You know. Oh, my God. And I'm like... <laughs> Like 18 like wait what no I still like think sex is awesome and um, at that point I lost my virginity I, I knew um, how awesome sex was oh I got a little connection problem there we go um you bastard okay and um and so yeah but there was a weird stigma there for me now I was mm -hmm. just thinking like what is a fetish like you know what is this word and uh but it was because of the videotape it was it was this weird thing and the good thing is, as time went by, and this is where it ties into your story, mm -hmm. my mother, like, you know, kept asking me, I don't know, she was, she was very curious as to how I was making money, because I, I know for, she knew that I'd quit my job. Mm -hmm. She didn't know what I was doing, and I kept saying it was photography, video mm -hmm. editing, stuff like that. That's kind of what I said. Yeah. And so one day she comes over, and I kind of told her, I'm like, you remember that videotape you found in my, my, you know, VHS player? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I've turned that into kind of what I do. And she had a worried look on her face because my mother is, is an amazing person in that she's Catholic, but she's not really like she's yeah. she's Catholic in that she believes in God and she believes in being good to people. Sure. But that's as far as it goes. She doesn't believe in anti-gay shit. She doesn't believe in anti. Yeah, any, my she, parents are the same. In and I respect. Yeah. And to me, it's like that's a rare thing. So I just go like, Mom, look, it's I, I obviously I've, I'm. A sexual creature. I'm, uh, you know, by your standards, normal. Uh, anybody else's, I don't know. Right. Uh, but I had a box of bikinis and outfits that um, a couple of the girls that that she knew mm -hmm. uh, were gonna wear for a shoot, and she loved these girls. They were they were like family to her, and she's like looking through the outfits, and she's like, "Well, this would look really cute on Devin, or this would look really <laughs> cute on Sapphire, or." And she started like really getting into it, like, "Oh, what about this one? This would look really cute on Alex." All these girls that, mm -hmm. that we knew. Yeah that loved my mom because she would be at parties and stuff. Yeah. So that was the breaking point for me where I was like, oh God, she's like accepting it. Not only accepting it, but she thinks it's fun. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I, I'm much like your mother. I'm sure we don't give them every detail of what we do. No. But I like the idea of her going like, you're getting paid for this, right? And I was like, yep. And she goes, that's it. That's all I need to know. I think getting into this older, like kind of saved me from a lot of the explaining. That's a good the point. Parents. That's a good point. Because I got into this when I was 33. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, I mean, I mean, I moved out of my house in 1995 mm -hmm. when I was 20. So at that when I in 2008, 2009, well, 2009, I guess is when I quit my job. 
I mean, I was pretty well established as an adult, <laughs> you know, yeah. had my own place and paying my own bills for quite some time and, you know, definitely making my own decisions about things. So it wasn't like my parents or my mom was still like, they're always going to care about you, be concerned, but there yeah. wasn't that watchful eye of, you're 22, what are you doing? It's like I was 33, 34. Yeah. So at this point, you had kind of taken care of. Right. I mean, I was old enough to have my own family at that point, you know. So there wasn't a whole lot of questioning. And I I was actually surprised by that, especially when I'm, you know, I'm quitting my job. Oh. um, Why? Yeah, right. Like, but you make money. I know, but it sucks. Um, They just didn't question it um, for whatever reason. Either they just didn't want to know, which is totally cool with me. Or they just didn't care. I mean, not that my parents don't care about me, but they just didn't care as long as I was not doing drugs, not selling drugs, not a drunk in the not, is, dr- not a drunk in the ditch, and could support myself. That is such a that, that's a weird coincidence. I was talking about this with Mary Meow um, about how my mother's thing was like, um, uh, don't do drugs, don't sell drugs, and don't do pornography. Those are the things that... She, those my mother are, never said don't do pornography. Exactly, exactly. So, so I'm not breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've broken... Well, no, I've never sold drugs. I've never, I've never sold drugs either. All right, fucking high five. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, I, but I'm not selling drugs for... Well, I've never sold for drugs, a living, but I was yeah. a living, and I'm not... Doing nothing but drugs. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not just like in some crack house. Like, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, that would, that would, that would, yeah. yeah I think that's what they probably meant by that. That would, yeah, that wouldn't yield a whole lot of income. Um, <laughs> but, quality. yeah, exactly. So the, yeah, my mother's things were, it was, it was don't do drugs or don't sell drugs and don't, don't get into pornography, which I thought was like, oh, those are two interesting barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one leads to the other, right? I guess. <laughs> someone's I mind, right? Are you getting? Yeah, yeah. You do a porn <laughs> film, and next thing you know, you're blowing dudes for coke or however it works. Or you're doing drugs, and you need money, and the next thing you know, you're doing porn. So I don't, there you I don't know. That's not how it I works. mean, that, what you just said is, I think, in the greeting sign for Los Angeles. I think that's what it says <laughs> when you drive in. Yeah. Get ready to be in porn and blow dudes for, yeah. um, for some toot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that case, guys. That's not the way it is. That's, we're just, we're just having fun. We're having fun. But yeah, no, the, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's cool we have that in common. Mm-hmm. And, and our parents kind of, kind of my, my father never cared. He was just like, dude, if it's if it's making you money. That's how my dad is too. And he's so just like, weird. I don't want to know. I don't care. Like he cares. My dad cares about it. And me. I don't want to know is a big part of it. Right. I just don't want to know. Jacqueline's yeah. parents are the same way. You're safe. No one's going to shoot you. you know? <laughs> like you're not going to be... <laughs> You know, of course, you, you just got shot like five times. Yeah, right. Well, for not real. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I get shot for money. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was funny. My mother's a little instigator. And, um, like, I lived, what, 20 minutes from my parents now. And um, my sister lives on the West Coast, so she's not even around. But So I used to see my parents pretty regularly. And when I started doing, like, I told them about my mom, mainly about, like, the glamour modeling at first. Because those are things I could show her. Yeah. Well, look at this video I made. Like, nobody wants to see that. So, yeah. But if you're doing something that's like more mainstream. Right. Like yeah. I took a photo and it's pretty. Look, I got paid for it. It's a little more believable. So then, I, you, know, I, she, you know, I told her I was doing nude modeling and she just rolled her eyes. I was like, oh, whatever. So then I did it at my parents' house that <laughs> night. And my mom, a little, little fucking instigator. Like her and my dad are each on, 
or each on one end of the table. It is a small table. It seats four, and then I'm in the middle, like on the one of the sides. And oh, like a fucking movie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like American Beauty or something. Yeah, because the spot where my sister would have sat across the was empty because she mm-hmm. doesn't fucking live here. So <laughs> was it a lot of like quiet and like clacking of like steel? Utensils it's kind of like that anyway because my dad doesn't say much. He's like, oh, well, he's man. pretty quiet. I'm so imagining this right now. And my mom, I mean, my mother doesn't work. My dad's, well, he's retired now. But he wasn't, you know, was still working at the time. But there's only so much about electrical engineering you can talk about at the family dinner table <laughs> that anyone's going to understand or care about. Yeah. So um, anyway, my mom was like, oh, your daughter's taking pictures now. My dad goes, all right, that's cool. And he's eating. And she goes, in the news. Oh. It was like a John Waters moment, man. And, oh. my, and my dad looks like, my mom thought she was going to start some shit, right? My dad's like, didn't even miss a beat. He's still eating. Shrugs. She's old enough. <laughs> <laughs> and like went back to eating. And my mom, I could tell she was like kind of mad. <laughs> she wanted to start some shit. And my dad was like, looks up. He shrugs. He's like, mm. She's old enough. Yeah. Chomp, chomp. Shit. Your dad. Props to your dad. That's... He's just like, whatever. Like, what is, what am I not going to care? Like, I'm 35. I think he was like 34, 35 at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what's he going to say? Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll just go to my own house. What are you going to go get grounded? Like, right. Yeah. Like, I have my own house. Like, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? I just bought my own car. What are you going to do? <sighs> I, and you know what? And that's because we've, uh, uh, there's a lot of people now in the business. I mean, we're, we're getting older. I wouldn't say old. We're just getting older. So there's a yeah, lot of people I mean, that we know that have kids and yeah. that are still producing. Yeah. And so I always, we, we get into conversations about, you know, what you, you know, what happens if your daughter becomes uh, um, a fetish performer or, or a dancer or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's, luckily, it's been pretty sane across the board. Like, I mean, if it was me, like, I don't know if I'm going to have kids. I, Jacqueline doesn't want kids right now. And I don't really want kids right now. Either. Like, right. I, at this point, not interested. But in the future, who knows? Right. Never but if I had a daughter and she's like, hey, dad, uh, you know, I'm 19 and I got offered to do this modeling gig, I would just be like, so what kind of gig is it? You know, right. like, who's shooting it? Like, do I know the person? Like, I would be very concerned in just making sure she's getting a good deal. Well, yeah, right. Not going to, right. That's Are they paying safe. you for your time? You Are know? you getting paid for this? Well, he's offering 25 an hour. No! <laughs> what the fuck? But on the flip side of that, if you had a daughter, once she turned 18, would you let her wrestle for you? I don't know. I mean, I guess... I mean, if she wanted to. Clearly, if she didn't want to, it wouldn't be an issue, but... Yeah, I mean, if she was 18, I mean, yeah. There's nothing you do is really overtly sexual. And you Not could probably, at all. And you could definitely tone some of it down to clearly meet the need of exactly. filming a daughter. And we've done that. We've done that with... Uh, there's been uh, there's been producers who have done that. There's a couple... Of, there's a guy in Britain who had a wrestling federation, I think in Manchester. I forgot the name. But he had... Two of his daughters were in the federation, and he had other girls in there. And he would just do standard pro stuff in a ring. And it would be mm-hmm. very, very much PG kind of campy stuff. you'd stuff. see on TV anyway. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I would consider it. I mean, Gary Pranzo, of all people, we always joke that his daughter, Samantha, who's awesome, I love yeah. her. He's like, you're one of the few guys that if she wants to do shoots <laughs> with, I would say do shoots with him because I trust you and I love you. And I'm like, that's really sweet, Gary. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, let's not, we're not even close to being there yet. But right, it's um, like 10 more years anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question because, yeah, you think about it as a producer, like what happens. Uh, I have a, my friend, um, Lady Victoria, is a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And she's in her, God, almost 70, but she's this muscle bound. I'm 
60 maybe? Let me say 60 because if she hears this and <laughs> I said fucking 70, she's going to come to my house. She is a powerful looking woman. She's got tats. She rides a motorcycle. Damn. She's a brutal pro wrestling chick. She's bad as hell. And so one day her son, who was mm-hmm. I think in his approaching his like mid-20s, <clears throat> she needed a customer wanted somebody to uh, like, I want you to defeat a younger guy in mm-hmm. the ring. And so she just asked her son like, hey, do you want to do this video? And he's like, all right, sure. So there's a video of like her body slamming leg dropping beating up her son because the guy wanted her and a younger guy right and i'm sure if the there's there's that that taboo of like it's family sure and i'm sure the guy was probably like holy shit this is great this is like a diamond in the desert yeah um but he she did that and he she was like as long as he was okay with it i was okay with it and he had a blast and i was like that's so cool like how where else would you be like look that's a fucking that woman who's like got all the muscles is beating up her son in the ring. Right. You know? And he's wearing, like, jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, right. It's, like, it's not at all fetishized. Mm-mm. But um, I thought that was kind of cool. So, like, it, you know, I guess keep it in the family. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if, I mean whatever. Like, I'm, I'm sure kids rebel. So if I had a kid, sure. they would be, like, probably be like, oh, ew, ew I don't want to, fa- oh, I'm going to go be a lawyer or something. Dead as girls of the house get. I'm so I out know. of here. Exactly. <laughs> It was like that whole thing Patton Oswalt talked about when he's like, if I have a kid, I'm just going to take all my cool records out of my stack and just put in one record, which is like like a Phil Collins CD. And that way my parents will be like, you're a square, and they'll go be something awesome. <laughs> and he'll have all his minor threat and black flag right. and all that shit in the basement somewhere. So, because parents, you know, kids tend to rebel. Right. <laughs> it's like Tommy Chong's daughter became this straight edge kind of like Republican because it's Tommy Chong. Right on, yeah. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do to, to, to piss off your dad? Right. It's like, I want to go smoke pot with the black dude. It's like, does he have any? Can right. I, yeah. Can I come alone too? <laughs> but um, shit. Damn, we've been uh, tangenting out. Okay, so uh, we talked about Vore. Uh, let's go back a bit because I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, because this is what you know. This is one of the, the running themes in the podcast, and I'm not, I think if I don't hit these, people will get pissed. Okay. Uh, but if after that we can talk about God knows what. Um, so your origins in this whole deal, mm-hmm. and you you actually are in a very rare place because, like you said, you started later mm-hmm. than a lot of models do. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Sin Sage a couple of months ago. She wanted to be an exhibitionist and strip, and and when she was like. 18, mm-hmm. 18, boom, immediately she wanted to be part of the industry and she did her best to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you waited till you were about 33. Yeah. So what, A, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. And B, um, was there anything before that kind of built you up to it where you were just like, okay, I'm into this and I'm into that and eventually I'm going to explore this part of myself? Well, um, I, what took me so long was that I had another career before this that mm-hmm. I was really into. So there was that. Can I ask what you did? I was a professional makeup artist. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So from about 97-ish, I tried college, I graduated high school in 93 and I tried college like a lot in a lot of different places and nothing really just kind of worked out. Mm. I just wasn't there. I wasn't like, I liked some classes and I was interested in the end result, but I just wasn't I'm, and I learned this about myself throughout this whole college process. I'm much better hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a good book learner. Yeah. Even though I've always read books my entire life, I was always an avid reader. Now it's harder because my adult ADHD, it's really hard for me to wrangle it in. And yeah. it, it really upsets me that I can't. 
read that like I used to, but I was always an avid book reader. I was very book smart, but I couldn't study for a test and learn and take the test. Mm-hmm. I'm not good. But if you give me a project like to go and build something or I'm doing something, I'm much, much better hands-on. So when I fell out of um, a few colleges, my mom was like, you have to do something. Just pick something and do it. So I went to beauty school, and I don't do hair, but I went um, and got my esthetician license. And part yeah. of that um, part of that course at, at my school was makeup artistry, and it wasn't a good course. Like the make, like it, the esthetician was actually the portion of it was a really good course. I learned a lot, but I was in clinic the whole time. I was everything was so hands on, and a little bit of book work that I had to do. Everything just clicked, and I passed with like all A's, and I got like all these high test scores, and it was great. But the little bit of like makeup artistry, you know, teaching that you got was so minimal and just so basic, which I get it. It was, wasn't supposed to be. It was just supposed to touch on certain points as a here. There's a thing. And then if you like it, you can pursue it more somewhere else at some other time. Yeah. And I really gravitated towards that creativity aspect of it. But since it has such a good foundation in skincare and skin knowledge, <clears throat> I felt that would really help me. So then I just went, like, dove into doing makeup for yeah. different things and different people and different companies. And then by 2008, I was really burnt out, like, super burnt out. I had gotten into the retail aspect of it because it had a steady paycheck and benefits. Yeah. And I also had a 401k. Sounds very familiar. And <clears throat> I worked for a really, really great one company. Unfortunately, when, by the time that I started working for them, the company was in a huge transition. They've been bought out by a larger company and they were transitioning from being artistry focused or in artist focused to just sell, sell, sell. And it, 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 that's, I get that I'm in sales, but it's such, it's not really a good environment for it's somebody just, yeah. who's creative and, you know, it, it's very soulless. It is very soulless yeah. because nobody cares about you. Exactly. You know, and they care about your numbers. Right. And as I love <clears> to, sell people products that I feel that they could use and that I believed in. I didn't like overselling somebody just to make a dollar. And I found more joy in actually educating the customer because I was a big like product nerd, like ingredient nerd. I would read about all of the products that the company sold and I with the selling points and what, not the little ingredients, but the main ingredients. Like this has this in it and this is what it's going to do for you. And this has a film former, which is going to form a film on your lips that kind of keep the thing on and that kind of thing. And that's how I made a lot of my sales because I was very knowledgeable in the product, but that was just more fun for me than actually making the sale. Yeah, just talking to people about it. Right. And I had a big following where I was, but the, the numbers at the counter as a whole weren't, great but my location wasn't great like downtown pittsburgh wasn't such a great environment for yeah. like lots of money to come in there and spend it Ooh, yeah. uh, you and i have so much in common it's scaring the <laughs> shit out of me because like pre- previous to what i did and i'll get into this at a, a later podcast i actually i think at some point i'm gonna do a podcast where i just talk about my entire origin by myself and i don't know drink because <laughs> there's a lot of people who have no idea where I got how I got from point A to point Z or whatever but I will get into that but yeah there's a lot of similarities in terms of like getting into the corporate world mm-hmm. trying to get a job that, that seems normal um, and then letting it just feels like 
And I was fooling myself because yeah. I was like, oh, but I can still be creative and work with these amazing products. And I met a lot of amazing people. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, all those years weren't for nothing. No, no. I'm sure you, you know, still have contacts. Like, like yeah, I mean, but I made like a lot of really good friends and people I would not have met otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm much more educated on cosmetics and things in general because I don't, I don't work in the industry anymore. So I don't know what's new and why it's so great. But in general, I have a really good foundation for makeup, artistry, um, and just, I know what I want when I walk into a store. Yeah. Like, I rarely ever need help at Sephora. But, the, you know, the flip side was that of that was that I was drinking myself to death when I wasn't working because I didn't want to fucking deal <laughs> with the other aspects of the job. And that <clears throat> led to me getting fired. It's weird when you think about the drinking aspect, too. Oh, it's horrible. I, I went through a lot of that. I developed a problem. Um, I did, too. And, uh, like, right now, like, I've literally, for the last week, I've had a drink every night. But because I'm so happy with my life, it's more like a celebratory thing. Right. You know, I'll have a glass of wine or two. But you're not getting get, shit-faced to no, forget every no. night. Yeah, you're you not. Mean, that's you're the not, difference. No one's finding you in the corner, like, ass up in the bushes. Yeah, or you're not, um, you know, going into work the next day still drunk and having to manage a staff and barfing in the t- and barfing you know yeah. running in the back to throw up oh and talking God. to customers like get me to your makeup <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's weird yeah because Jacqueline and I have talked about it a few times because you know we do like we love our wine and we love drinking and then but like not to excess like we, you don't need it to yeah, survive. you, don't, need you it. don't get the physical need for it I like went through detox and you don't have the mental, like, I just got to forget, you know, mm-hmm. and just drinking, like, a fifth of bourbon every night. I would come whatever. home and dig into the fridge and try to find, like, something, like, what's in there, you know, and then just drink whatever was around. And um, you're right. I mean, so you so you hit that point. Uh, where, where What was the breaking point? Well, in 2000, the, the first business day of 2008, um, I got fired from that job. Mm-hmm. And it sucked. However, I was like, all right, let's look and let's see what I have here. And screw these people. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna continue to use them. I made a lot of fucking money at that job, <laughs> which is how it was even able to buy my car outright. Like when I bought my car like ten years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> which means that I had a lot of fucking unemployment to come into me. So I was like, all right, screw you. I'll um, sit around. So, I mean, the unemployment that I was getting covered my bills. It covered yeah. my car payment. It covered my rent. It covered my living expenses. And I live. I live usually pretty much below my means anyway yeah. um, so it more than covered it I said a couple bucks to go out and I was like you know what I'm just going to freelance because it's cash and just do a makeup work yeah. yeah yeah. I was like screw you Mac and Estee Lauder I'm just going to use this unemployment and I'm going to suck it up I'm just going to take it because why not I paid mm-hmm. into it Yeah. I deserve it <clears throat> so that's what I did and I went on Model Mayhem for the first time as a makeup artist oh and yeah. I had some I did some like little like fashion shows around Pittsburgh and different shoots for like more avant-garde type of um, designers that were in the city at the time. Yeah. So I, I had some photos to put on there. And one day I get this message from someone, okay, going to call you about a possible shoot, like a steady gig. I'm like, absolutely. Here's my number. And after that conversation, I was the new um, makeup artist and photographer assistant at bondagedamsels.com. Oh. <laughs> and therein is where it started, I believe. Yeah, and there's where it started. <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah. So, okay, so you're at Bondage Damsels, and yeah. 
um, obviously you're a beautiful woman, um, you know, and you, your makeup, I mean, and I've seen you without makeup. You've posted pictures without makeup. Like oh, yeah. you just are very... When I turned 40, I was like, my face at 40. Yes, like, fuck you. Yeah. But, like, you're, <laughs> you're a totally stunning, uh, um, uh, person. Thank you. But you're, you, you do know how to fucking do the makeup. Like, holy shit. You look fantastic every time I shoot you. Thank you. Um, even today, I, you know, by proxy watching Jacqueline yeah. work with you, um, but that's just a side note. So, so what was it that sparked it? Like when you, I'm assuming this had to do with bondage, bondage damsels. Did somebody uh, a little, just a little bit it walk not, up to you and they were just like, "Hey, you should totally be in one of these." Things. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Because there was a woman who's no longer in the industry. <clears throat> was just getting in the in, into the industry at that time, and her husband would bring her. We we shot on Tuesdays, and in the meantime, I did get a part time job at Sephora. Oh, and they were really awesome working with me with my unemployment. Um, they offered me part-time so that I could still collect partial unemployment because mm-hmm. they didn't have full-time to offer me. Um, they're like, well, we don't need, want you to lose your money because we can't afford to pay you. <laughs> so they were really awesome about keeping my um, my hours right where they needed yeah. to be so I could still collect partial. That's awesome. And then I had this under-the-table job. And they were good about giving me every Tuesday off. So I was doing both of those. And At then, this point, you were like 32, 33? I turned, I was born 75, so 2008, I was 33. Okay. So I did my first shoot, not for bondage damsels, but I got the shoot because I was there. Because this other woman who was shooting mm-hmm. would bring her, her husband would bring her. And they would come almost every Tuesday to be shot, or she would come almost every Tuesday to be shot. And then him and I would just sit and BS while yeah. they were shooting. And he's like, would you ever do this dumb shit? <laughs> and I was like... Yeah. He's like, really? I said, well, you know, I really like money. And um, <laughs> I know what I'm making. I can only guess what she's making. And bondage, yeah, bondage is tough. I'm not going to sit there and say, bondage isn't tough. Because it is. Yeah, it's tough. But I knew I could do it. I'm like, that's like, because I, I, mean, I was an athlete, you know, since I was like a young kid. I'm very, yeah. I'm very athletic. I'm very sporty. I'm like, I can totally fucking do that. Like, for money? Like, give me a break. And so, the reason he asked me that was because that his wife at the time had a shoot down in West Virginia, which I'm from Pittsburgh, so West Virginia is technically like 45 minutes an hour away. So it's not, you know, unheard of for someone to go there for work. Yeah. So, anyway, she had a shoot down there for gotcuffs.com. Okay. For, with Tony. And they won, he wanted like the interaction of two girls like the whole because like, he does um fake arrest and like handcuff fetish and he wanted the um the, you know the two girl dynamic yeah and he's like would you do that i'm like would i walk around in handcuffs absolutely sure like why not so i went down there and i did it and i made a good bit of money and i was like this is really awesome yeah this is like super cool like extra money that's so, usually the first thing that sparks in a model. Right. Line, I'm I like, think. this is, it was fun. Like, nothing was creepy. Nothing was weird. Mm-hmm. You already knew the guy. Right. I already knew the guy. It was just, and again, like, I was in my 30s, so I was a little bit more mature about things than I, than I probably would have been at 22. So I went in, you know, and now you still go into every new, you know, not that I work with people, you know, with new people much anymore, but I, if it's something I don't know, I go in with a, a good head on my shoulders. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, you know. I don't know. I'm more sure of myself than yeah. maybe if I were younger or some younger girls. 
And you would be mm-hmm. like, make, take, yeah, make sure that you're taken care of and right. that like, you're not speak walking up. into a shitty situation. Right. <clears throat> or I look around to assess a situation very quickly to mm-hmm. see if it's going to be shitty and then, all right, how am I going to handle it? Which is something a lot of models don't do when they're right. starting out. Yeah. Right. They're just like, oh, okay, I'll do this. And, then and I think it's a maturity know. level and I'm not saying that to be derogatory. Not but, at all. but I mean, like, I could never have done this job at 22, 25. I don't even know if I could have done it at 30. Yeah. I know, I know myself and where I was at the time. There's no way. I probably couldn't have started shooting videos when I was getting into the the, the fetish because I think I would have been just it would have been too too much uh, too overwhelming. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, I know that I just wouldn't. I would not have been able to have handled it. So you did. Um, so the, I did the cuff shoot. The cuffs, yeah. And, and then, then that to... was probably July of 2008. And then, if you remember, followed that year, the stock market like took a big shit. And they really cut my hours at Sephora. I'm like, I can't pay my bills. And I went from this awesome job that paid me a lot of money to not being able to pay my bills. <clears throat> Thank you, George Bush Jr. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so then I messaged my my friend, my guy friend, <clears throat> who got me the job. I was like, do you have any more of those fetish jobs? I really like the work. He goes, can you hang on till February? I just thought of the Dave Chappelle crackhead. Like, you got, you got any more of them? Got any more of them jobs? You got any more of them fetish jobs? <laughs> <laughs> you got any handcuffs laying around? Pay me. Where what, so what did he say? Was he? He's well, like, he goes, well, um, he's like, we're winding down like their travel season and stuff for yeah. because it was almost the holidays and you know they, you know she had three kids and whatever. So he's like, can you hang on till February? I'm like, well. I don't die before I'll try sure. to, yeah. I'll try to. I'll give him my best shot. Um, he goes, we're going to Florida. He goes, um, I'm already starting to book her. He was like, can you just throw me some, give me some photos. And I had no professional photos, like at all. I had me at the bar. Yay, look at me. <laughs> type of thing. <clears throat> it's basically, I mean, I found the best ones out of those. Mm-hmm. And I and I sent him a couple, just really just so they could see my face. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, it's really what it is. He booked me a couple I took um, vacation time, so I didn't lose any money for my job. And he booked me a couple of shoots down there. We were down there for 10 days. And, you know, like, J.W. Ties is, like, one of the first people I worked with in Florida. He was just starting out yeah. then. I think he had only been in production for maybe a year at that point. Um, no, not even a year. I think he started producing, I think, maybe, like, Right before FatCon the previous year, which I didn't go, I didn't, like 2008, like I didn't go to that one. 2009 was my first FatCon, yeah. so he was still really new. And um, <clears throat> what I would do is, and I again, I think that I could, I was able to pull this off because I was so mature. You know, I mean, I was older, and my head was more on straight. Mm-hmm. Even when she was booked by herself, I would go with him to the shoot in full face of makeup, hair done. And I think once the producer saw that I wasn't like 400 pounds and had, you know, <laughs> with like one arm and you know what, and four eyeballs, they were like, "Oh, yeah, do you want to shoot too?" Do you wanna, yeah, do you want to? And I was already ready. Out. I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." That's so, a good. That's a good point. I've I've actually um, I've had girls who would show up with other girls um, as chaperones, mm-hmm. um, but they would be sh- they would show up in full makeup and like. It always kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, wow, she's very pretty. And if I had a free spot, I'd be like, is your friend wanting to try this out? And they'd be like, yeah, she does. And I knew, I, I, in the back of my head, I knew this is the end game. They wanted to right. have me hire her. But I think they were just, um, 
maybe they were shy about asking. And I was right. just like, well, I think too, like when you're yeah. brand new, like I was, I mean, even though I was older, I didn't have never had a professional photo taken. I had always had everybody else's makeup for their professional yeah, photos. So I know a lot of it when you're brand new and you don't have anything out there. Like I had no, so I think I had a personal MySpace, but who gives a fuck about that? <laughs> you know, at the time, like I wasn't on Twitter because I didn't have, I didn't even have like a persona. MySpace. I know. <laughs> I didn't even have a persona. So, I mean, you know, as a producer who hires, I mean, if you don't know what the girl looks like, are you really going to take that chance? But when she walks in the door and you're like, damn, you do look like your photo. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to hire on the spot. Yep. And that's what happened. And then when I started getting on other people's sites, other producers saw me. Oh, she does look like somebody I'd like yeah. to hire, you know? Yeah. So um, that's how that went for me. And I, I mean, by my standards now that I make a lot of money with the expenses being away for 10 days. Yeah. No. But for somebody who was an unknown, who was doing this to make some extra money, who took a vacation from work, you know, a paid vacation from work to go and do this, do this job for how many days? I did really well. Mm. I did really well, like a lot better than me and my friend thought I was even going to do. And I was asked to come back. And that happened with you and me. And right. Then, uh, yeah. Right. When you started traveling, we 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 met. Um, how did we meet? Was it through? I'm bad at remembering the exact. Like you're really good at dates. Like you you knew 1995. <laughs> I'm weird I, like that. So bad about that. But I'm bad um, at math. Go figure. But you and I <laughs> met in 2009. Was it or or shot first? I think we met at Fetcon. That's Maybe probably somebody introduced. That was my first one. So that might have been when it was because that was my first. I think that was my first one as well. Or it was that my first or second? Because I know I met my future fiance. I believe it was at the <laughs> end of that one, oh, 2009. Oh, which, well, that's but she might come out and actually um, no, correct no, me no, in that. No, I think no. yeah. And I, what's wrong with you? But yeah, you no. don't love me. <laughs> if you love me, you would know every single date. <laughs> what did you take me for that ice cream cone? Like shit, like that. But like <laughs> we, um, um, yeah, we met and then we 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 shot and it was so much fun. And then of course. Uh, I asked you to come back, and we did, and it's been it's been a long, you know, ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, everything I've shot with you has been fucking phenomenal. And like, there's even I have like one or two clips I haven't released yet. We haven't shot in a while. We haven't exactly, so we need to fix that. And I wanted to do something with you and Constance today, but unfortunately, she had to go back for a session, yeah, so, which I understand. Yeah. yeah, and I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do the thing. I was like, all right, I'm not going to get in the way of a session, especially if it's if it's something that's going to pay more than I do. It's like fucking right. go for it. Um, but, um, so that got you into the business and you started mm-hmm. expanding into all these different fetishes. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions we get a lot, um, for, for these podcasts is usually, cause you know, there's a weird dynamic between males and females in terms of their approach to fetish. And I've talked this, talked about this a lot. I'm not going to rehash it, but, um, was there anything growing up that you would consider like something that you were into that maybe no one else was as into as you were in in that respect uh, a fetish if you know as as it were i don't know not weird mm-hmm. like I, I think about it and because I you're don't... so good at bringing so many things to life right it's always interesting to people to hear like oh i can i can make war fans lose their minds but this is what i'm actually into <sighs> I mean, I've gotten been asked that a lot in many different formats, mm-hmm. like you know, interviews or like paper pencil interviews or like this kind of interview. And I think back, I don't really have any kind of 
we all have fetishes. It's not like I'm like, I don't have any fetishes. No, no, no. I wouldn't say but, that. Yeah. Um, I think my fetishes are more ob- object instead of like things or actions. Like, yes. I have a huge shoe fetish. I know all women have a huge <laughs> shoe fetish. We all like shoes. But when I was a little kid, I was very weird about my shoes. Like mm-hmm. I would always take care of them. I mean, I've grown out of that for the most part. But I mean. For the most part. Well, I mean, there's a few in your. Well, sneakers. now you're getting some really nice... Well, now I'm getting really nice shoes. So those yeah. are really... Now, the wardrobe shoes are only worn inside, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But then there's the ones you wear out, and then your sneakers. Like, who gives a fuck your sneakers? But, you know, I was um, really weird about my shoes. Like, in my, my, my I love shoe shopping. That was my favorite type of shopping. To, when I, I mean, little kid. Like, grade yeah. school kid. That was my favorite type of shopping to do with my mom. And I always had to make the best pick of the shoes. And I always had to try them all on and look and, of course, buy what was in my mom's budget. Yeah. And... When I got them home, like I wouldn't take them off. I would, you know, even like with my nightgown or whatever, I would put my shoes on and walk. I was like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I just like my shoes." And then I was probably like, "You were just you were a kid, like six, like, yeah. like six, seven, eight yeah, years so old." Yeah, yeah. So take those off. I'm like, "No, but I like them." I'm out, just roll her eyes, and um, because. My parents have been rolling their eyes regularly since 1975. Which is a fetish. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. Just indulge her. It's a just phase. Let, just let Jacqueline hire them. They'll, they'll be Yeah. Like, it's just a phase. So oh, I remember when I was about maybe seven, our house got broken into. And there was, like, a rash of robberies in, in the suburb that I lived in. Oh, tell me you beat someone down with your shoes. I was only seven. I know, but no, it would still I was be cool. Sleeping. Yeah, you but they stole like, like my dad's guns, and I'm not. Son eight. of a bitch. Right. So anyway, so the detectives came out and everything, <laughs> and I put all my shoes in a line. Like, I think my bed at the time was high enough that I could get under like comfortably, and and of course I was little. I put all my shoes in a line under my bed instead of in my closet. Mm-hmm. And my mom came in my room. She's like, "Where did your shoes go? Like under the bed." Why would you do that? I go, I don't want the robbers to come back and steal my shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she was like, what are you doing? Well, they're not going to take them. But I need to be make sure and be safe. And she, yeah, make sure. Yeah. She let me do it for a week. And then she's like, no, put your shoes put back your in shoes the closet. Back in, yeah, back in the closet. <laughs> Good God. So I don't know. So, that, I mean, there was that when I was little. But then, you know, as I got older, and I mean, teenager older, like I started getting really obsessed with lingerie. And you know, I'm writing all this down too. I'm like, shoe <laughs> fetish, uh, lingerie. Well, uh, this is so, and it's it, this is very like almost like Norman. If, Norm, if Norman Rockwell could paint fetish, it would probably be you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like shoes, good start, right. lingerie, right? But so, I was how, always just really weird because I'm just an odd duck anyway with mm-hmm. certain things, and I'm very particular and meticulous, and I get that from my dad, but. When I, I mean, I went to high school like in the late 80s, early 90s, and I used to go to Victoria's Secret, which I don't like anymore because I've learned, but I would buy. People I would seem even, to grow out of Victoria's Secret. Yeah, just crap. It's overpriced crap. But yeah. I mean, at the time when I was 16 or 7, like 15, 16. I, I, I'm trying to think now, like now I'm never going to get sponsored by Victoria's Secret. Oh, when, <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. I when, got you. <laughs> But I've never owned a white bra. Like, I would always buy, like, bright colored ones and crazy ones, and they were just really pretty and ornate, and I would wear them under white shirts no. in so high school. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, because I just felt that they needed to be shown they to and be showcased. Yeah. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Because she was, you know, appalled. 
that I would walk out of the house like that. I'm like, what? Like, I want. I paid money for these fuckers. Like it was like 1990. I'm wearing a, a, a sheer white poet. Remember the poet shirt? She, mm-hmm. Oh, so god. Sheer white poet shirt with like a like a hot, you know, like an electric purple bra underneath. Oh my god. Yeah, and I that was. I would do shit like that, and then I was really into hosiery and stockings, and I really thought that like garters were cool, and I would try to wear them. And my mom's like, nobody does this anymore. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what they do. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think I was only a 15 year old kid in I have a pretty big high school like I graduated with almost 500 people in my class so it was Good pretty Lord. large I think I was the only kid at 15 who went into Victoria's Secret and not more sorry went into um, Fredericks of Hollywood and purchased fishnet stockings with that with the seam like the sewn seam up the back like they were like my favorites mm-hmm. and you know fishnets at 15 especially in the what, yeah. 1989 how is that by the way does anybody like stop you and go like well how old are you before you buy these no or? they let me buy them I was, don't like, care. I was a kid at the mall with money they didn't care they were fishnets I mean it wasn't like I was buying like a dildo or something no 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 I know yeah but it's still like you're 15 so I kind of go like like people at the mall are just monsters yeah. no no I understand and like I said, I, I grew up, fuck, when I was in high school, there were girls who were doing exactly that. Yeah. Um, I was more attracted to the girls who were like, I don't know, I had a thing for, this is totally off topic, um, but I had a thing for like the dirtier girls. Like I like the girls wearing like the, the fucking ripped up denim and like they look like their hair hadn't been washed in a few days. They the look grunge. like they were, oh, God, yeah, they, they look like they could just beat the shit out of you, but they were pretty. <laughs> so they would like be smoking yeah. cigarettes out, like out of the corner and like, but they had pretty beautiful faces and burnouts and yeah burnouts. burnouts but like there was one girl I remember her name was Diane I think or Diana and I was like fucking infatuated and my friends were like dude she's a fucking burnout like <laughs> what are you doing and I was just like I don't know she's really pretty and maybe it was that reverse thing that girls have for guys like I can fix her you know that shit <laughs> yeah right and so that was my thing but anyway going back she's my Eliza Doolittle <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> That's it. It's like I can, I can, I can take her and make her mine, you know, um, or whatever, whatever girls do to guys who are assholes. Yeah. Like he's a, he's an asshole now, but I can fix him. I loved the burnouts in my high school. I used to hang out with them. That's, Don't that's, you? That's man. how I got into thrash metal. That's yeah, how I got in. That's how I got into heavy metal, death metal, punk. Yeah. That's how I got into. I was in a punk. I was in like three punk bands when I was in in, in high school, <laughs> like simultaneously. Um, maybe not, but no, but yeah, they, uh, uh, so, but yeah, let's fast forward a bit because I really sure. want to get into the meat and potatoes of it. So you mm-hmm. had to, so in this case, you're, uh, so it stemmed from there. Yeah. But you're, you're very rare in that you really don't have a specific, um, fetish that you could point at, let's say a clip store and go, that's feeding my fetish. Yeah. You have more of an objectified version of it where right. it's like, I like shoes. I like lingerie. I like how this looks on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how this looks on other women. And I would like, and I had a, well, say it's called a problem. But um, <laughs> when I was in my 20s, and I, you know, when I was at, you know, of age to go to a bar, mm-hmm. and we would dress up. I mean, it was still the 90s. I would, I mean, I felt that my lingerie was so awesome that everybody needed to see it. It should not be covered up. Yeah. So I started, and then I was in the punk scene, you know, in, in the goth scene in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I would wear like super short skirts. And I would buy garter belts and probably thigh highs because I didn't know any better at the time. <laughs> but I would make the, gar- the garter strap longer so it was like below where the skirt hit so you could see it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so I could, everybody could see my lingerie. And I would buy these weird, like... You weren't the only one, believe me. Yeah. I mean, there was like quite a 
quite a bit of us doing that, but that was, I don't know, my thing. And then in 96, I started working at a tattoo studio. My boyfriend at the time was tattooing, and I was offering, like, you want this shop job? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. How many tattoos do you have now? Like, just uh, um, separate I, ones? I don't, know, I don't know how you would count them. Because in I, terms of, like, uh, different sessions. Like, uh, di- you know, like fine now. Not, well, you know what I mean. Like, um, like I got this one done by so-and-so on this date. And I, I, cause, like, oh, I guess, like, one, two, three, four. Because there's a six, lot of people who... Six? Seven, eight. Nine. There you go. I see your ten, eleven, your twelve, working. thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, <laughs> seventeen. She's poking in the air at her own body. I can see that. I just got two more on Friday. Too. How many? So the total is seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My back still isn't done. It'll be done soon. Has that affected a lot of fetish requests? Like in terms of like, well, I want a girl who doesn't have tattoos, or I want a girl who has a lot of them. Or sure. Something. Yeah. Like when um, you go to a place and they're like, "Oh, show us a picture of yourself," and they'll you'll send a picture and they'll be like, "Oh, you have too many tattoos," or not enough. Um, I don't think I've ever not had enough. I mean, I, unless I, I, I wanted, so unless either. I wanted to be like on my cover of a tattoo magazine. Or, I don't know because like, my arms are tattooed. They call the Suicide Girls back in the day, like that. that was the oh, thing. the indie mart. The, that was the, the thing. Walmart of indie porn. That's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I'm gonna use that at every party I go to. <laughs> Fuck, because that, that was a big thing back in the day. Everyone was just like, oh, Suicide Girls, man, go. Yeah, but then you. they never evolved. No, nothing I happened. mean, I'm sorry. Every, I mean, I don't know. I think that you have to <laughs> evolve, especially when everybody is an alternative porn girl now. Which is fun, which is great. I mean, that's, that's great. But, I'm okay with it. But, I mean, you can't sit back and not evolve and expect it to still be relevant. I guess that's my point. No, no, and you're not right. relevant. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you weren't talking shit. It was just, it was, it, it, yeah. Okay, so, um, but that was that was another mini tangent. So um, the other aspect of it, um, as we go forward, is always been, and this is the, this is kind of the, um, it's kind of how we we form the conversation. But like, you had a very unique answer to that, which was like, I didn't have a fetish growing up. I I, I really enjoyed, you know. A little bit of exhibitionism. I mean, I found out that I like certain things so yeah, my, yeah. throughout my experience in this job, of And course. that's where I wanted to go to next, which was when you, you know, there's a lot of girls that I talk to, and, and guys too, uh, producers, models, you know, both. It doesn't matter. Gender is not really a big deal. But, mm-hmm. like, when they started getting hired for gigs, they would find out that they were really into something that they didn't know they were into. Um, is, that a, is that something that's entered at all? Or is it, you know, is there anything that you've done where you're like, wow, this is really sexy? And I never thought it would be. Um, sure. Is that something I'd want to bring into my own life? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I mean, is doing knockout, you know, video, especially with Jacqueline, is very sexy. Do I want to bring that into my real life? Oh, Probably yeah. not. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Probably then it doesn't not. become a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. But um, they're fun to do. But they're very fun to do. Like mm-hmm. the Vora clips. I don't know if they're how sexy they are. I mean, there's definitely sexy elements because there's the ass fetish, the foot fetish, mm-hmm. and the you know that goes along with it. Um, I don't know. Like most stuff I do is just at this point is just silly. I mean, what about uh, stuff like objectification, for example? Like you know, guys all over the world object objectify female body parts, and and it seems like it's that's a thing. You know, you will mm-hmm. get girls who just do videos of their hands or or their feet or God, their uvulas. You know, right? I've done um, that. I do a lot of footwork. Exactly. But... So like when we turn the tables on that, and you're like, you know. Um, I know you're in a relationship now, but back when you were still looking, like, what are the things you looked for? Um, well, uh, you know, throughout this, 
through all the different avenues I've gone down in this job, I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm sure you can relate. It's stuff that's always been there, but you didn't really know how to tap into it or understand what it even was to even try to facilitate it somehow to this this grow whole this whole gig a, this whole gig is, is it, a giant it, shovel. Oh, absolutely. Just digging. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess I'm trying to trying to think of how I want to word this to, so it, I don't sound stupid or too stupid. No, no, no. And it also sounds like I'm asking you something from Team Beat magazine. I'm like, what do you look for in guys? Is it a smile? <laughs> I like his blue light. Is, is it the way that he holds your hand? What kind of car does he drive? <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't mean for that. To, I didn't, no, no. I, I didn't but know, in terms I know, of what I know. you objectify as a female, because a lot of uh, guys a lot of guys listen to this uh, podcast. But, but I know what you're asking. Yeah. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to formulate it. Formulate my answer. I'm going to write it down, have, too. I'm going to write male objectification. Because, um... I know exactly what I want to say mm-hmm. and how I want to answer it. Nail it. It's going to be a long one, so do up. it. Do it. I learned throughout that I, I've always been very independent. Let's just use that word as a young person. Yep. Um, always wanted to do things myself. If you weren't doing it right, I would just take over and do it for you because I want it done correctly. It's like get out of the way. Uh huh. Get out of the way. I'm doing this. You're not doing it right. How dare you? You're stupid. That type, and it's not all great things to be, but that's just how I was. I didn't know how to channel it. I knew that I was bossy. It's not really a great trait. Uh, I mean, it's it's being taking charge is a great trait. Yeah, yeah. Being bossy, not so hot. Uh, okay. It's not. I mean, it's come on. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I don't. It's something I've learned about myself, and I've being a boss and being bossy are two different things. Exactly. Yeah. But then, and I always. I don't know why. Like, when certain shows would be on TV, I was always drawn towards that dominant woman. Like, mm-hmm. What makes her so awesome? And then I started doing dom work. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Yep. And I wasn't dumb. I mean, I knew about dominatrixes. Like, I learned... There, there used to be a bookstore in the south side of Pittsburgh, which is where I currently live. And I've lived there for 14 years. When I first moved there, and the store unfortunately closed within six months of me moving there, called St. Elmo's Bookstore. Okay. And I wandered in there one day at the tender age of like 22, just to look around. It catered, there's a lot of books. I mean, a lot of awesome books. And they catered mainly to the gay male. I do miss bookstores, man. Yeah, I mean like real bookstores, Yeah, real bookstores, yeah. It catered mainly to the gay male, which didn't phase me in a bit. bit. I was like, because everything was just so fascinating. And they had a lot of fetish books. Oh, and I man. just sat there one day and I was like, you're doing what to his dick? He's doing what to his own dick? Oh my God, a wine <laughs> enema? What? And I just was so fascinated. Like, I wasn't even disgusted or repulsed. A wine enema? I, or, yeah. It was just the weirdest thing. And this guy was doing all these, and I just went book after book. I'm like, these photos are, and they're really old black and white photos. And it was just absolutely like, I was like, this is awesome. I don't know what this is, but I want to be a part of it, but I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend at the time was like, what are you looking at that for? He's like, put, put, put that away! Because he was with me, and I was like, you go away. Get out of here. And that was, get out of here. It's like, you're in, a, you're in a gay bookstore. Right, he's like, why are we in here? What, what, are, you, what are you looking at? And I just was, I mean, because he was just like, what the fuck? I, and I was just like, get out of here. It's like, why don't you go to the section? 
That's why don't you, why don't you go to the sports section and read about football or something? I just uncorked a bottle of wine. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't mean to imply that's the end of an uh, anal sex scene. Um, but, so, so anyway, I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it's called, but I need to be a part of it somehow. And then I left the bookstore, and that was the end of that story. Yeah. And so um, around that same time, I started getting really interested in Betty Page. And hence the big BDSM Betty Page tattoo I have in my leg, which I got when I was twenty. Oh, I remember that tattoo. Yeah. I mean, I got that when I was twenty-five, which is way. And you way... got the and you got the bangs. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's been something that stuck with, like, yeah. yeah. And you knock, you fucking, you rock them. Thank you. So yeah. So anyway, I so anyway, fast forward to all that bullshit. I get into this job, and I kept trying to look, and I kept trying to go down the avenue of like I want to get into dom work, but everybody wants to tie me up. So there was, I'm like, but I'm not really a sub. Like, I love bondage. I love doing bondage videos. I got my notoriety from doing bondage videos and working with all those bondage producers because it's fun, not because I'm submissive, you know, and I don't do sub work. And guys, because it's guys are the producers, they try to hire me for it. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll try it. Like, whatever, whatever it was. And it's like, I don't know how to act. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. And when I get tied up, I, I don't go into subspace because I'm not a sub. I yeah. have fun and I can give you exactly what you need to sell the video and I'm going to have a good time doing it and it's going to be a great clip. But I'm not going to go into subspace because I'm not a sub. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what subspace is. Uh, you know what subspace is. But mm-hmm. for people who don't. I can only describe it from my point of view of going into dom space when I have a session. Mm-hmm. And it's... I and. I'm not really good with my words sometimes <laughs> because it's just this for, for me when I do a session because now I do pro dom work and you know I work for sites like dom sites like yeah. um, cbt and bullbusting.com um, and I was going to get into that after all this but yeah okay on. so um, <clears throat> I can't even describe it because it's just this I'm in this space and I'm in this headspace where I, I can't describe it. I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, it's okay. It's hard to describe. I've had other people give me, uh, try to give me a description. It's the same. Yeah. Same it's like same. trying to describe a feeling. Yeah. Describe happy. Well, I'm kind of happy. It's, it's <laughs> like I can't do it. It's just this space I get into. Because and... I've seen it happen. I've seen it. I, 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 like I've been there so many times with people who are in a session or like have asked me to chaperone a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And I see it happen. And I could, I could feel it happening. In the room, yeah, um, and it's an energy, um, and it's an you energy. can't. Des- it's like describe energy. Well, it's so yeah, it's, uh, it's very energetic. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very energizing. Uh, no, but okay, so continue. We'll so get back to okay, that. we'll get back to that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I was I started doing. I went out to the um, Pacific Northwest, and I hooked up with Nate from CBTandBallBusting.com, and that was my first real shoot as a dom yeah i guess or doing something dominant and i absolutely fucking loved it and i it was just great like i felt so awesome and the power exchange was really really super cool and the things Mm -hmm. that i was doing and i was learning a whole lot of different things you could possibly do to somebody's penis you know (laughs) (laughs) and 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 other things too and it, it just i just fell in love with everything and anyway so i learned throughout this whole journey of mine that i i know why i was when i was younger like why i was the way i was because i'm a dominant person Mm -hmm. 
So, I guess to go back to what, what tangent are we on now? Twenty five. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've given up trying to track them down. But no, we were talking about. No, I learned um, that about. I learned that about myself. Yeah. And it after you. I don't know if any of the viewers have ever been in this position, or if even if you have, once you learn something that magnanimous about yourself, it's so much easier for you to continue through life because mm-hmm. you figured it out. Yeah. So now you and and you have an avenue to facilitate that feeling. It's I think of it in terms of video games where you unlock something. It's right. like you get that achievement. Yeah. Where it's like, guess what? Now you know that this is part of you. This is something that's going to make you happy or sad, or it's going to make you miserable or or, or ecstatic. Um, but now you know this is in your arsenal of emotions that you can tap into, right? If you need to, and this right. is, and you know how to do it, right? Whether it's by being a dom, whether it's by being a sub, whether it's by wrestling, whether it's by sniffing someone's foot, right. you know, you know that that can get you to a place that you had never really visited before. And mm-hmm. now it's great because like, like I said, the unlock of it is like, now I have a path that goes straight to that sensation and I can do it. And it's a victory, I think. And, and when people look at people who have fetishes or even like really extreme bottoms or subs... Or, or doms, and they're like, oh, how do they fucking get joy out of life? All they do is dress in leather and beep. It's like, do you not understand how, how this awesome works? that is? <laughs> it's so great. And I get uh, to look hot and beat up men. I, they, life does not get any more awesome, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think the tangent came from that. So it was in in your in my in my journey and discovery. Yeah. Yes, I have learned that there are submissive men and there are dominant men. There are submissive women and dominant women and in my to bring that into my personal relationships yes. I have learned that I do not like submissive men because they kind of piss me off <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the submissive men who hear that probably are like yeah <laughs> but I mean in my in sessions of course I love them you mm-hmm. know and it's a, it's a different kind of relationship oh like you mean in terms of like a, a personal, personal relationship. relationship like yeah. a personal like in like in my sessions and in like if, if I were to work on a set that did that you know the sub come in it's a different dynamic it's a different relationship I mean it's work but you're there for a purpose and the purpose is to give to the other you know what you're there to give yeah. to do in my own personal like dating life like I do not like submissive men I can't deal with it because I but just that, it frustrates that me that makes sense it makes sense um, I mean well it's been obvious so far this podcast alone that I mean you and I have been friends for a while yeah uh, but we get along I think for those reasons that we, we uh, I think we have very similar experiences mm-hmm. but one of the things I've, I've, I've realized like I I'm a, I, I guess I can call myself a switch to a degree but I tend to to lean towards being more dominant sure but um, put it to you this way so let's say and this is great for SKW fans so like let's say I've done a, a whole day where like Sleeper Kid gets hired to um, uh, destroy young or nubile female wrestlers they come in and I, I do like six or seven videos or whatever where I'm the bad guy I'm wearing a mask and I'm just I have to defeat them and dominate and keep basically kind of when you're, when you're doming in a video especially wrestling video you are controlling the flow of the action. Yeah, you're doing and, all the work. And you're doing all the work. Really? And not just not just emotionally or mentally, but also physically. Right, and, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're and carrying so, the video. And, and you can give cues to the person you're working with and, and have them... If they're good, it's great. If they're not good, it's still good. You can kind of like... If they're terrible, then you really have to work hard to make them look good. Right. Um, 
but at the end of the day, like, do you want to go back to your bed and, and be in that dominant position again? It's almost like a vacation when you can be with somebody who can take you out of that. And right. I think that's where I come into being a switch where it's like, yes, I can dom out for my videos. But when it comes to being one-on-one with someone, I can be both. Um, and it kind of feels kind of great when I don't have to be the thing that I just was for six hours. And so how, does that apply? Like, is that one of those things where you're like, okay, look, I have to look at this all day. I don't want to come home to the same thing. In a sense. I mean, I have learned, and I learned this thankfully like a long time ago, that I, I need a dominant man. Like if I'm going to date somebody or be serious with somebody... I need a dominant man because I need the person who can keep up with me. I need that. Well, do you need 100% dominant or do you need someone who can switch? Well, I mean, 100% dominant and 100% dominant is never going to work because you're going to be fighting over who's going to do whatever. But, I mean, in a personal relationship, it's you kind of have to have that give and take anyway, no matter yeah. what you, how you define yourself. You mm-hmm. have to have that give and take and you have to have that compromise and that understanding and whatever. That's true. That's very true. But... I can't, and I dated some, very briefly last year, dated somebody who was extremely submissive, and we spent the entire, like, very few months we were together, me just being like, make a fucking decision! <laughs> I like what you like, no you fucking don't! You don't like what I like, you like what you like, motherfucker! And that was it, and I would be like, I don't want to fucking talk to you anymore! And I, I that would be... Oh my god! Like, yeah, he just was but whatever you want. No, it's not whatever I want. Fucking tell me something. Like, it's, be a you, man. You literally turn into... Um, this Eddie. person I don't like. I mean, no, no, but it's also... Fuck. I, you, know, you know what it actually reminds me of? And this is... I mean, it's going to seem... I'm not trying to, to belittle... Private it. pile, tell me what you like. It's what I feel that's like. Kind of, that's kind of, kind of what I that's felt like. That's a good like. reference. That's a good reference. <laughs> I like that. But I was thinking in terms of like, every time I watched the movie Coming to America, there's this great scene with Eddie Murphy meets his wife. The, the wife that he's been he's supposed to marry mm-hmm. and he's like what kind of music do you like and she's like what kind of music whatever kind of music you like right and he goes like, no 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 I mean what kind of movies do you like whatever movies you like and, it's annoying and he goes like and he's sitting there and the whole time and he's just kind of like just tell me and just give me an opinion that's yours and it's like whatever you want to hear and finally like at the end I think he's like anything I ask you to do you'll do and she's like yes and he's like bark like a dog and she starts barking like a dog mm-hmm. and he looks at the camera and there's that that always resonated with me of like how horrible would that be yeah. to be with somebody who like hey do you want to go get dinner what do you want to get whatever you would like it's annoying it's super I mean there are believe me there are times when I'm just like you know what? I don't want to make a decision just pick something and I'll deal with your choice you know, we all have those days. And that is that is a bit of submission. It's a bit sure, of like, sure. you know what? If you want Italian, I'm not 100% fan of Italian right now, but fuck it, you pick something. Right. Let's and go then do I'll it. just deal with it because yeah. I don't want to make the decision. But I think that goes back to like why I, one of the reasons I like the dominant man, it's because, oh, cool, you're in charge right now. I don't have to be. You're getting you're getting a break. Right. And that's, I think, and that. But I think we get a break from, I think each of us now gives a the other a break have you ever found that, that that's the thing that's a and that is it, it, actually I'm doing a good job I'm tying this all shit <laughs> but I, one thing I've, I've learned from uh, talking to other session wrestlers uh, and, and doms is that a lot of the subs that come in that want to get their asses kicked are people who are in a position of power so whether it's a sergeant or drill sergeant in the military or a guy who is a CEO people who have very sensitive um, day jobs but they control a lot of people. They tell people what to do. Um, and when they come in for a session, 
they just, that's their vacation. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell anybody what to do. Someone's telling me what to do, controlling me. I, I can give that up and suddenly enter that, that, that kind of space. Have you encountered anybody like that? I mean, I know, uh, you don't have to obviously name names, but I'm, have people come to you during sessions and, you know, they're like, hey, by the way, I, you know, I, I have a nuclear launch code, <laughs> but I want you to step on my, you know, chest for right. an hour. Um, I've, I've sessioned with cops before. I've sessioned that, that, with, um, huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People businessmen, yep. people in positions of power. And then there's guys, I don't really know what they do. Some of them don't like to tell a whole lot about themselves, which is fine. I get that's, it. And some people want to tell you their whole fucking story. That's their... Which is also <laughs> fine, that's too. fine, too. Um, but there are, are some guys that come in, and they're just so submissive. And I don't know if they're just that way because they're there for the session, and that's mm-hmm. why they're there to do that. They get into that mindset before or they even if walk into Or the if room. that's how they are in life. Yeah. And it's just like... Can I ask you a question? Fucking ask it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> but if you're in the Dom role. Right. And, and, I mean, of he, course I take that role. Yeah, right. right. It's a so, little different. So, but like, like, no, you, you can't. Or like, okay. Or like sure. if you're, yeah, if you're nicer or if you right. do this, if you do that. Yeah. See, and I don't know how that works. But I have a really good sense of humor too. And a lot of guys who session with me don't, I don't think they expect it. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. And I think that, you know, your session is serious as it may be and how is your fetish. And I, I get that. And mm-hmm. I still think that it should be fun. How are you? Because I'm, I'm slowly delving into certain aspects of it myself. Like I, I did a, I had a play session a couple months back. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a girl at the session and she kind of grabbed me and she was like, I really want to flog you. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's my thing, but she's really cute. <laughs> and she's like I'll take you know like it, it's gonna be fun and I was just like and I trusted her she's sure. really awesome um, and uh, and I said okay alright so like she just did a good basically a flogging on my back mm-hmm. and it was a good like uh, shit she went for a while but she knew what she was doing and I I felt it was very euphoric um, and it felt fantastic but um, uh like I, that was just my own personal experience with it. But like, does that enter? Does that do you ever do that? Like in my own time? Yeah, or no, like even during the session, or is it more like just verbal domination? Or um, it's a mixed bag of both. I have a lot of different clients. I also mm-hmm. have guys who just wanted me to do wrestling holds and scissors. Oh, okay. You know, so there's that too. Um, it's it it's a mixed bag because I offer a bunch of different things because. The things I either like to do or things that I'm okay with yeah. or things that are fun. What um, are your favorite things to do on a personal level? Um, in a session, I really like scissor hold sessions. Oh, sweet. I really do. Um, they're fun to me and I can kind of shit talk the guy as I'm like, you know, rolling him around basically. Um, those are a lot of times the most fun because there's more banter back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like your shit, like the shit talk kind oh, yeah. of thing. And those can be really fun. Um, I really like tickling. I mean, tickling a guy. Oh, really? Um, not only is it fun, it's it's easy because sometimes you're lazy and you're like, oh, I can just tie this guy up and tickle him for <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I also really enjoy um CBT. Mm-hmm. Which, can... uh, if you don't know what that is, it means cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> 
gets rid of your anxiety. It's really a no. Actually, it's a cock and ball torture. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no. But going back, we're gonna yeah. definitely hit that because okay. that's that's one of the ones that I can't wrap my head around. But uh, but I, you'll be able to help me at, sure. as well as other mo- models have. But uh, but yeah. So um, what was I gonna say? So when I was experiencing that, mm-hmm. like I felt this euphoria. Um, but I didn't feel like I was being submissive. It was weird. It was like almost like I was using the other person for the for the pain to the get me there. Right. Yeah. So there was never any of that speaking up to someone or, or getting right. talked I mean, down to. Well, yeah. I mean, there's also I mean, there's different dynamics for the relationship too. I mean, sometimes you have to build up to that, and it's something. Mean, if it's a, I mean, I don't play personally. Exactly. Um, but I think play sessions are usually a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, they can be more personal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We'll have to get you in on them just to kind of sit back and drink wine and watch. But uh, because they're, I mean, like I most of the time I just watch because it's just people really interacting in this intense level like that you don't you're not used to. But um, uh, let's go back to what we're talking about, which was before that. Um, Oh shit! Uh, Fuck, we (laughs) we just talked about. Oh fuck! What was it? Um, was it my personal life? The no, no, no. It was. It was that. Fuck! We we just talked about. This is one of the things I'm gonna have to edit it out because I was just like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, we had talked about my my play sessions, but then going into the the dom sub sessions, but also there was something else there that we were talking about uh, that I wanted to delve into. Um, That's more my life, like my personal life. Your personal life, but also like we were talking about the oh the CBT. Oh yeah. Sure. Okay. So um, so yeah. So people who are you know wondering about that, you said that's a highlight for you. Mm-hmm. What is it about it that that makes it so? I really like to physically torture men. <laughs> <laughs> I like to mentally torture them as well. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> he's a willing participant. I mean, we. That's also why I like the dominant guy because we can just get each other back, like back and forth. It's almost like two little kids. You can fuck. You know what I mean? But it's all in fun. Like, do I? I don't. And him and I joke about CBT, but I would honestly never want to do that on him because we don't have that dynamic. It's not good. I don't want to bring that into my personal, and that's just me. But he doesn't want it either, so it's not like it matters. Um, So we were talking about how that is something that I I. Can't. I mean, I I would say can't. I'll a lot say of guys it. can't like wrap their head around it. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, I, so far, have, I, like, if you you have to be, I from my like I haven't wrapped my bit head of experience. Yet. I've kind of found and possibly figured out that you can only wrap your head around it if you want it. Yeah, and I think if you don't want it, and you you're just never gonna get it. Yeah. Like foot fetish. Not my thing, but I get it. You get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I fucking get it. Mm-hmm. And I better because I make foot fetish videos and I got to sell them. But I mean, like, I, I understand why a guy would be interested in this body part. Like, I totally understand. I mean, boobs are an easy sell. Like, yeah, everybody likes boobs. But I mean, like, legs and the foot mm-hmm. and I get the curves. And that's, I think, part of the reason, like, I really into stockings and the garter and the... I get that because that's also my fetish. Mm-hmm. CBT, oh, I get it. I mean, it's not just because like I like to torture guys' dicks. It's like I get it. Like I totally get it. But unless you have a, a genuine interest where you like it, you're never gonna get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, and that's been so. What part of you? What part of you gets it? In terms of like the sadist in me gets it. The sadist. <laughs> that's true. I was looking in terms of like, were you, are you putting yourself in, in there? Like, no, I can't because no, I don't yeah. have a dick. So I have no. That's I mean, true. I have no. I have no point of reference. Exactly. I really don't, and I never will. And um, you know, I do sounding, mm-hmm. and I think it's a lot of fun. But guys always ask me about it. I'm like, well, I don't have a penis, so I have no point of reference how it feels to you. I can tell you experiences from guys I've done it to. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what it's supposed to do and how you're supposed to feel. But for listeners who don't know what sounding is. Sounding is, um, a set of sounds is a very long metal urethral rod. Yep. And they come in different sizes. Um, the ones I have at home, the rod itself is the same as the egg tip at the end, which gets bigger. And use a lot of well. Let me explain the point of a sound. Oh it's no, not, I know. It's I not know. just the insertion. Like there's a there's a there's an end point to it. I mean, not literally, but there. I mean, there. <laughs> yes, literally, but that's not what I'm talking about. You use lots of lube, and you very slowly and gently insert the rod into the urethra, the male urethra. The, the whole point is that. <laughs> We just lost like 60 listeners. (laughs) Yeah. The other dicks caught up back inside them. (laughs) The whole point of sounding is the metal rod, yeah, it goes through your urethra, but the end of it, the tip of it, hits your prostate. So it's another way, it's a way to stimulate the prostate from the front (laughs) instead of going in the back. That's taking a long road. Taking a long road, but you have this metal rod in, right? Mm. It's touching it. You get that Hitachi. You vibrate that metal rod. Simulate your prostate, but you can't come because there's a metal rod in your dick hole. So yeah. it's the whole. It's like I get teased and denied yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And I've had some guys come. I've had some guys not be able to come, but they really want you, but they can't. So it's the tease oh, and denial of okay. it. And then you take the rod out, and it's like a geyser, pretty yeah. much. That would be if I ever had a cop drama that I wrote <laughs> for like I don't know TNT. It, it would be like just two officers who happen to be named Tease and, and Deny. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Tease, meet Officer Denial. And it would just be a whole lot of uh, gunshots and urethral sounding. Um, so that's another one that, that was a big thing for me when I first saw it. Because I was at a, a, we were at a huge play dungeon in uh, Atlanta for mm-hmm. Frolicon, which is before Frolicon was called Phantasm. So we went down there. And I, I mean, I was a babe in the woods. I was a kid. And we went in, it made us put our cameras away and all that stuff and our phones. And they, we went into the playroom and it was just a lot of crucifixes and people hanging upside down and, and a lot of whipping and, and, and chaining and whatever. Um, and so we were walking around, me and my friend Ashley, and he was just like, oh, this is kind of crazy. Oh, that's kind of cool. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And then we saw a guy hanging upside down um, from one of the little inverted crucifixes. Uh, and there was two doms working on him, and uh, he's a big guy too. He's a big dude, and I remember he, uh, oh Jesus Christ, uh, he had one girl working on his ass with a dildo, just fucking, just going to town, and we kind of going like, okay, that that makes sense, and we went around the front, and then we saw. He was like a spit. The urethral yeah. uh, piece. Is it, it, was, it was more like? Is it like? It feels like almost like one of those little like bing like uh, the um the tuning fork. The tuning forks. Yeah. 
And so we had never seen that. So the next thing we see is that there's a guy and there's a, his penis and there's a the guy his fork penis. and fucking she's hitting it and he's making sounds like some sort of bog monster. Like it's just some sort of something coming out of a swamp. It's just like, Ugh. And me and, and Ashley, we just kind of like tuned out. We're like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. We had never seen it. <clears throat> oh, shit. Are you showing me a picture? Ah, of course it's in German. Of course, German. It's fucking German. Daddy fuckers. So we ran. <laughs> we so we, we ran. I hate you. We ran you out. So we ran out, and my my friend uh, Tabitha, who was uh, the head dom at the time at the I don't know the fucking nearest club. I go like I just saw this and this and this, and she's like, "Yeah, urethral sound." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "It has a name." <laughs> you guys, are, yeah. So. So yeah, that's where that went. But anyway, <laughs> fuck. I was thrown to the wolves with that shit, man, at first Jesus. because I was um in 2011. I did my first work trip to the Pacific Northwest. So I did. My sister at the time lived in. My sister, yeah, not my sister at the time. She's currently still my sister, but at the time, my sister lives in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would fly in there, and then Portland's like two hours on the five, I think, south of it. So I would just go back and forth between the two cities. And I worked with CBT and ballbusting.com, and I was so excited about this shoot. Oh, my God. I was like, this is the best thing ever. And a lot of stuff I didn't know, because I was still kind of new, and I was still trying yeah. to figure my own shit out, too. But um, the guy who runs it, Nate, was fantastic. And he's like, it's cool. I'll just be directing you from behind the camera. We'll do photos first, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll do the video, and it will be the same as the photos. I'm like, okay. So sounding, I'm like, and I was really scared, because that's... If you don't know what you're doing, if you really yeah, fuck somebody up, I, as much problem. as I like to hurt guys, I don't really want to fuck somebody you don't up fuck like somebody that. Up. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Like I like to hurt them safely, mm-hmm. and I want my toys to come back to me because that's how it should be. So um, it was my first time administering the sounds, and it was the submissive's first time with sound. Holy but he, shit. but he was like, "No, I want to do this. I want to do this." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Um. It was like super awesome and I loved it. And at the end of the video, Nate saw the camera on. He's like, all right, Blair, um, it's described to the viewers like how that felt for you because it was your first time. He goes, I wanted to come, but I couldn't come because of the metal rod. He goes, so it felt like I had a fossilized pre cum in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fossilized. Yeah. So that's how, is that how it ends every time? Like once you yank it out, it's just like, it's whatever. Was I, mean, I think everybody's different. I mean, because I've spoken to guys and, you know, session with guys who have all been different. Some guys are able to come with a rod in their dick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, And I think a lot of it has to do with your personal anatomy, yeah. what your, your abilities with it, because we're all, oh, yeah, all really different. Sense, yeah. um, or, I said yank it out. Like you were just like, you know, I'm sure it's a more generous. Um, it's much more gentle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, your own your own abilities your abilities with your own anatomy because we can all do different things. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with how much you really love it versus do you kinda like it or yeah. are you just trying it for the first, first time. time. Um, there's gonna be more apprehension with the first time and you and like the the guy trying to figure out like what to do and how to work it and what feels good to him. But as someone who's experienced and that's their jam, I mean they probably have figured out a way to come with a metal rod in their dick, dick hole. I mean, seriously. I mean, it could just, 
Yeah, it could just happen, and then once you pull the rod out, then you know you're you're subjecting yourself to the aftermath. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And some guys don't come at all. Yeah. But it's the whole buildup for them. Like and that's then, not the end game for them. The, the denial. At that point. And, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, and to me, I'm like I. I'm all good with like building up. I'm great with that. Like I love it. But, but it's released at the end that you have to be that release. There has to be that release. And for some people they don't need that. So that makes sense. I, I and and for them I that, that goes into chastity too, like the guys who Oh yeah. Yeah. The guys who um are chastity slaves or like like to wear the chastity device. Um I mean clearly when you're in chastity you can't get a heart on. It doesn't mean you're not turned on. You just can't get the heart on. Physically yeah. can't do it. You can't do it. Um, so there's no release for you at all because you can't fucking get hard. But there's guys that want to be in chastity or come into the sessions already in chastity. And they still want that tease and denial with the device on. So you know, there's a lot of electric play there, like the violet wand or mm-hmm. other things. that You know, the Hitachi even to stimulate that area. And they're getting stimulated, but they are physically unable to get the heart on. But you know they're dying inside yeah. the heart on. What is it about the chastity that, that prevents it? Out of curiosity, because I, I haven't delved into... Um, because it's a an enclosure over the penis, so it Oh, so they the, literally it, can't yes. expand. Yes. I'll be damned. Yeah. It's it's like throwing a big piranha in, into a little beta fish bowl. Like it literally can't go anywhere. Oh, shit. Okay, no, you're right. Now, actually, I... Because I, the chassis devices are meant to fit the soft penis, which is mm-hmm. obviously smaller than the, when it's erect. We did, um, I actually did see that. We were at a party, um, oh God, ages ago. And uh, uh, a gentleman that I know who is, is an amazing, I guess you would call, I don't know, he's been called many things. <laughs> he's uh, a very submissive where it's like, almost like, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, power bottom or something like that you could power call it. Power bottom, yeah. yeah. And, but the guy, like, he came out with, like, a glass case. It was, like, a glass case kind of, like, on the penis. And it was, like you said, it was just... Probably plastic. Clear. Or, it was clear? Okay. Was it clear? It was clear. So maybe it wasn't glass. To me, in my mind... Did my, it kind of fit? Or was it... Like, it was just... Um, oh, a, a ball. Oh, maybe it could have been glass. Okay. Exactly. Sure. So it, But it was, like, it was just smushed like it was just was it like two pieces like that it looked like it was just it, you know what i kept thinking of anchorman it's like i'm in a glass case of a glass case of emotion i just it was like a little rectangular case and you could see it was just it was pressing it was probably plastic but yeah um, plastic like a hard plastic but mm-hmm. um it was probably like a vice smushed okay. and locked exactly and i think that's what it was and i'd never seen it before so i remember i was at the party and i looked down and i was like oh what's that and no one explained it to me. I just had to kind of figure it out in my head. But now it, it makes sense. Like, yeah. it, that's that, that it was a chastity. And I remember earlier on in the day, he was being denied a lot of, uh, of touch and affection. And he was being asked to be alone a lot. And, like, at the time, I didn't really know what, was, what any of that meant. Sure. Um, but now it's, you know, it's making a lot of sense. You know, I, I understand it. But, like, like, it's like what you said. Like, you understand it, but it's not something you would ever bring into your... Right. I would not want to do that in my personal... Not that I... I wouldn't want to be with... It sounds hypercritical of me. Mm. It's not, if I were with a guy who would want that, I would probably send them to another professional to get it done. To get it done. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Because to me, it, and this is just my personal opinion on my life, to me at that point it becomes work. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather not work. 
And that is very true. And and I do a lot of like I said, like I I'd like to lose control a lot when I'm in my personal headspace because like for what I do and even if it's not if it, even if I'm not in the video, I'm still running camera, I'm still editing, I'm still directing, I'm right. still lighting. So I'm still in that position of control. But when it comes down to just being between me and, and, and you know, my lover, it's it's yeah, you're right. It becomes one of those things like I don't wanna I don't want to, I don't want this to feel like work. Right. And I understand that completely. That and I think like the, the relationships that I have with my session guys are much different, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the relationship I have with my boyfriend. Of course. It's a different headspace. And I mean, playtime with your significant other is all well and good and there's certain things that I'll allow to happen. That I wouldn't, and even in a shoot that I'm getting paid for, of course. within reason. I mean, I'm still, like, for me, control is a big issue. Like, I can't not ever be in control, and that's that's an issue for me. But um, I, it's a, such a different relationship and a different reason to do things. Yeah. Um, that I could never be in that headspace that I'm in with my with my submissives, with the guy I'm dating or any guy that I'm dating. That makes sense. I mean, to me, it does. Yeah. Because we both do, you know, we have different selves when it comes to what we produce and what we shoot and what we work at, as opposed to how we want to be when, um, uh, what's the term? Uh, When you're all doors closed or whatever they call it. But you're just trying to be, when it's your own time. Yeah. It's your own time and it's, it's your personal time. It makes a whole lot of sense. So... Oh, shit, this is such a good conversation. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. Um, and this is the first, actually, this is the first for my podcast. Uh, I actually have to take a biological break. I got to piss. Uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to take a couple of uh, questions from the uh, from the fans, uh, which we've gotten a few of so oh, far. Cool. Great. And then we'll do a little bit of a live feed, in case somebody wants to do something last sure, second. Absolutely. And then we will wrap it up and uh, move on uh, with your daily lives. So for now, I'm going to go piss, and I'll see you guys later in just a few seconds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, took a little bit of a break there, but we are back with the podcast. And um, uh, Nixon's been doing fantastically, actually to the point where I am running out of things. Like, I actually have so many things to ask <laughs> that I, I don't think we're going to have time for. Uh, but, um, yeah, so let's take a look at some of these questions, y'all. So, um, okay, how did you get started? We went through that. Um and we went through, okay, things that you're doing currently, we went through that because you had just done the, so yeah, so let's oh, do some no. plugs. We didn't really talk about my current endeavors. Exactly, exactly. So go for it. <laughs> you're not being on the spot. Well, <laughs> I'm always shooting content for my clip stores. Um, my multi-fetish store is nixonsfetishfiles.com or clipsforsale.com slash 66. Eight zero seven. See, you know them. You know them. I yeah. do. Yeah, we've so, had a couple of girls who are like yelling at their boyfriends, like, yeah, <laughs> what, which one is it? Yeah. Six six eight zero seven or six, six, six or is it six eight eight zero seven? Yep, apparently that was it. Right. Six, six, six 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 eight zero seven. Yeah, or okay. I'm always shooting content for that. Um, I'm also always shooting or trying to always shoot content for my femdom store, which is Nixon's Bitch Boy Files dot com. Oh. Don't choke on your wands. I'm good. Or clipsforsale.com slash 81713. I also um, recently launched a mobile site. 
on Clips for Sale. So it's all older content, but it's all mobile versions of the content. Mm -hmm. So if you prefer to download videos or clips on your tablet or phone, as opposed to your desktop or your laptop, um, you want them to be mobile. It's Fetish on the Go, and Snakes and Mobile Files, uh, it's 10, oh shit. <laughs> You're doing so good though, holy I know, shit. It's a newer store and there's a lot of numbers. That's yeah. really good actually. Um, that's not it. Hold on, look at my sales for the day. It's 109582. So if you prefer your Fetish Mobile style, please go to clipsforsale.com slash... One zero nine five eight two, um, and you have stuff coming up with Hustler Taboo. I oh, shit. I'm gonna drop my phone and make a loud noise on the table on a sandwich wrapper. So I'm gonna blame, I'm gonna blame it on the on the wine and the sandwich. Okay. Um, yeah, I um, right before we started the podcast, I got an email from Chaz Crider um, that he is having another feature in Hustler Taboo. It's the November December two thousand sixteen issue. And I have two photos in it, so please check that out when it's um, available. I don't know when it's going to be available. It might be available now. I have no idea. So take a look for that. Keep a lookout for that. Um, I think, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's that could it. Do it. Yeah. We just shot with uh, you and Jacqueline yeah. Dolvitz and uh, a lovely model named Constance who's, mm-hmm. who's fucking working her ass off mm-hmm. uh, around the uh, country, actually. Um but um, and then you guys did some trade. It was a lot sure, of fun. And, but we need to do a day where you come back and we just work with you. like I, SKW has to work with you again. Like it's we just, been too long. I was I thought we were gonna that have Hollywood do, yeah. shoot that you just posted recently was the last time we worked together. That was two years ago. I know. I know. Because I that may maybe more because I remember I was still staying with Candle. Oh right. Yeah. She's been gone for a while. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. God, we miss her. Um, so I guess to wrap it all up, I mean, there, uh, there's a lot of different things that I wanted to talk about, but I think we can, like you said, we can have you come back and we yeah. can do a thing. Because um, I'll only be six hours away soon. Because I'm moving away. She's coming close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, oh my God, I well, I nailed a lot of the the base things that I wanted to kind of talk about. But um, in terms of like the wrestling stuff, because you know we have a lot of fans of it. You said mm-hmm. a lot of your sessions. Uh, well, not a lot of them, but like some of your favorites do kind of concern themselves with, with the scissor sessions, for mm-hmm. example. And so is that, do you take that to full like knockout or is it just... I don't like to do that because that scares me, to be honest with exactly, you. Exactly, me too. Um, I've worked for Scissor Foxes in the past and I think that's where a lot of my fan base for that comes from because they're pretty well known just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, it scares me. Um but it's also at that point not my problem because it's not my shoot. Yeah. Um, so when I'm in a session, or even when I'm shooting with a guy and I do a scissor hold clip, I always tell them to tap before they pass out. Um, some guys won't. They won't. Because they want to pass out. Um, I don't want to shoulder that responsibility because that's really embarrassing when you have to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, um, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I know, I, and honestly, most of the guys in my sessions have been pretty good. Um, one of the guys I shot with didn't tell me it was his, it was just shooting clips, not a session, didn't tell me that it was his first scissor experience ever. Yeah. So he didn't even know that he could pass out. 
and then he did and I I was doing a reverse so I can't see him and I was just like making fun of him verbally oh, no. because I'm like what's wrong with you and I'm in Carissa was actually the camera person. She's like, mm. I think he passed out. What? Oh, no. Yeah, he, it, it was fine. He was fine. Then he woke, came to. He was like, I never even knew that could happen. I'm like, don't ever let that happen again. Um. So, no, I don't. I don't like to. And, I, and now, from experience, I have the talk before we start. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, Jesus Christ. For someone who calls himself sleeper kid, like, I, right. I don't even like to go under for, like, dental work. I just I get really freaked out uh, uh, at the idea of like losing that much control. Yeah. Um, which I is get, our... I get freaked out. It's something could happen to them. Exactly. And then it, like it's my kind of like my ass on the line. Exactly. And the same thing happens to me like during I mean anesthesia. I'm just like, what mm. if I just never wake up again? Which is well, you I never mean, would you would never know. It wouldn't matter. Exactly. But that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to like you know, I don't know. It's a, that's another conversation. But like yeah, I just still sucks to like go under and be like do I come ever come back up again I like it but I'm weird uh, I'm more like I've got shit to do I've got a party next week I'm I've just got... like put me to sleep uh, and I wake up and I'll have like new boobs or something I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe I mean my part is like if I wake up I'm good like I don't give a fuck what happens at that point but like you know it happens um, so one of the last questions I'll ask, actually the last question I'll ask, because um, I do want to wrap it up and then bring you back for another one, mm-hmm. um, is um, one of the more popular topics, which is when you get into the uh, the world of uh, producing fetish, mm-hmm. has there ever been something presented to you? Actually, there's two versions of the question. Was uh, Well, actually, we, we already addressed one, which is like, have you ever been presented with the fetish where you're like, this is fantastic. I never thought I would get into this. This is new, but it's it's great. Um, we already talked about your own personal taste, but also, has there any, ever been anything that's been presented to you where you were like, I just cannot, in good conscience, do this particular customer request? Yep. And you don't have to name names, but like people like to tell the story of like why they wouldn't do it or what it was. Usually it's something disgusting, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, there, well, there's a lot of that. Right, like scat play. Like, um, no, no, uh-uh, not happening. <laughs> Never going to happen. Don't, I don't care how much you pay me or say you're going to pay me. It's never going to happen. So there's that disgustingness. And um, then, of course, there's the whole live animal thing, which I don't know. Nope. And uh-uh. you know what? Those, yeah. Not, those are, those are, uh, shit, those are two of my most common answers, too. It's always been like, uh, well, I, good. I'm glad people aren't no, doing no, it. No, no, no. Of course. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, we talked to, and I think we mentioned this the other night with Mary Meow. I was just like, we're talking about Sin Sage. And I go, Sin is one of my best friends. And I go, like, what would you never do? And she's like, oh, I'll pee on everything, but I won't shit on anything. Yeah, oh. And it's an amazing, it's an interesting line. But it makes sense to me. It's gross. Um, yeah. But also the live animal thing. Like, I think it's, there was... Yeah. And there's too many levels of wrongness there that don't even need to be addressed because I think it's obvious why I won't do that. But also, I mean, I don't shoot sexual content. I never have. So, I mean, I won't do that for customs either. Mm-hmm. Because why? Yeah. It's not going to sell for me. I mean, I'll get paid for the custom, but not really... I mean, I'll get paid for the custom, but... Is that going to sell for me? Do I want that content out there? Is exactly. that type of thing? Like, no. Exactly. It's not in my repertoire of things anyway. Someone asked me that the other day. Is there anything that you've shot 
uh, or my, my, my buddy James asked me, he's like, is there anything you shot that was very extreme, but you just shot it and you only sent it to that one customer? And I was like, no. Oh, yeah, I, no, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that either because, and yeah, they may never put it out there. But, but you never know. But you never know. And then it's, it's something you, I've just done it and it's like, well, I don't you know. Never know. Right. And I just don't really, and honestly, for the production value that I'd have to go through to get it done right. Yeah. The amount that I would charge somebody for something like that. Whether it be like a hand job, a foot job, or like just fucking, like yeah. they would never be able to afford it because that's what I would want for it. It was I don't do it, and um, I mean, I since I started producing, like I've entertained certain like solo masturbation clips, but yeah. it's because I'm like, oh, it's just me, you know. I do it for a custom, yeah. Put on my store and see if it sells. It doesn't sell. It doesn't matter. But I got paid for it, and I would I don't do it for the producers, so who cares. Exactly. So you have done some of those, or solo masturbation? Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of customs. Okay. Yeah, but the the clip also involved a lot of stocking and garter fetish. So there you go. And it had a good storyline. I was like, you know, what? and the guy was the guy was nice and easy to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, and we talked back and forth a, a bit about it before, and yeah, he knew it was gonna be like fake anyway. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it just how it is in production, and um. He was super cool. He paid me what I wanted for it, and he was super happy with it. Ordered a, two more for me. So. Okay. Yeah, so it was, it was fine. Shit. It was okay. good. So the second question, uh, the second part of this question is, um, what is the most, and like I said, I don't like to say the words weird or out there or, right, or crazy. For every because, ass because in the chair, for I'm in no position ex- to judge. Exactly. And there's like... Uh, Unless you I, want me to poop or smash animals, and I'm judging <laughs> you, and I'm judging you so hard. I want you to poop on smashed animals. <laughs> no, but like, um, uh, has there, what's the most um, extreme or just, I guess, just you know, uncommon uh, fetish that you have said yes to, where you're like, oh, okay, I'll do this. I don't, maybe I don't understand it, or maybe it's, it's you know, something new to me, but you're like, all right, I'll do it. I did um, a three-part series, Customs. There was supposed to be more, but he hasn't gotten back to me yet. Okay. I hope there's more. And it's, I don't even know what the fetish is, to be honest with you, but he's, he was from, I think he's from Austria. Nicest guy in the world to deal with. Mm-hmm. Super easy to deal with. Loved everything I did for him. Very thankful. I mean, I think all cost, custom customers should be like that. But he has a thing for it was a special yellow rain slicker. Okay. That makes sense with a HUD. He yeah, said yeah. to me from Austria. And then there was a special headscarf. I used one of mine. In the first one, the second time, he sent me one on Amazon, just like a paisley scarf. Okay. For the head, like a, for the head, not like a neck scarf. And I had to wear like jeans and a pair of boots, I think. Yeah. But the first one, in my um, the guy I used to date, who would, we're still friends, and he would help me with like camera work and stuff he was actually really good at it okay he um <clears throat> helped me shoot two of them um the first one and it's repetitive action so i again i can guess what the fetish elements are of the clip but i don't really know but i would have to go to the closet and pull out the coat look at it lovingly 
put it on, put the headscarf on, zip up the coat, and then there was like button enclosures over the zipper, mm-hmm. fasten those, put the hood up, pull the hood tight, like the string, take the hood off, put it back on, <laughs> take the hood off. And I had to pre- look at the um, camera like it was a mirror. Oh, shit. Like, oh, look at me. There's no dialogue. I'm not talking. It's the most, it's the longest 10 minutes of your life. <clears throat> and I had to prepare for a walk in the park. So I had to keep doing all these things over and over again. And finally at the end, I was ready for, to go to the park and I walked out the door. So the second one that he ordered was me walking around my friend's front yard. Mm-hmm. <coughs> On your way out to the park? Or right. Yeah. Walking around. And then, um, then we, him and I actually drove to a park that was not, I mean, there, there was things, school was in session, so there wasn't anybody <laughs> there. And I'm walking around looking at the flowers. I'm swinging on the swings. Holy shit. Yeah. I think this one was 15 minutes. My friend was like, and the fetish world isn't anything new to him yeah. at, by any means. But he's like, this is the new one even for me. And I was like, me too. And he's like, he's like, I don't have, he's like, you know what I know? I go, what he is? I know I don't have a boner. <laughs> and then he's like, can we shoot more solo masturbation clips of you? Because <laughs> he helped me out with that one too. He's like, I had a boner at that one. And I was like, we, no. I said, if I get a custom, the first person I call it, I'm like, but we're not going to shoot them for fun. but he was funny but it's like i'll help you he's like for free because i really love you he's like but i don't have a boner (laughs) so then then, yeah oh Oh, it's okay so then the third one i shot um a model friend in florida helped me i had to bring the fucking coat to florida oh shit yeah and i had to sit there to walk in and sit at this chair we used our office chair and i had to put tape all around my head and it was so weird wait with the same guy yes oh my god like i just got home from the park and now i'm in some other like condo in some other state but i had to put like tape on my face and like look at myself like oh, oh pretty my good god it was very it was painful to shoot it wasn't the most action-packed clip. No. I mean, I'm just... Wow. But he was so easy to deal with. And he paid for it. And would you believe that those clips have fucking sold? I was surprised that they sold once. Because who what? the fuck would want it? What? I mean, besides this guy who specifically wanted it. Because it's such a niche. Like, it's such a specific personal fetish. It's not very, like, here's yeah. a foot tease. And oh my God, my feet. It's... Or like whatever. Oh shit! It's a very personalized, customized custom clip. Fuck! I. No. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you did it is amazing enough. This, well, whatever. The, the, you know? I mean, you pulled it off. Sure. Uh, but then the fact that it's selling. I mean, that, and that's something. I mean, I didn't make a million dollars off. Of no, it, no. But no I mean, I think know, each sold? probably sort of each version each. Um, part probably sold like I would say three or four times tops Fuck. which is three or four times more than I thought it would and I thought oh, it'll be an update it'll drive people to my store the traffic and it's just something else maybe some other weirder will see it and like want this similar thing I'll get customs from it so was that the end of the trilogy was you wrapping tape around your, your, your and doing mind? the gag yeah I 
I could have sworn he said, I can't wait for part four. <laughs> what but the I, fuck is part four? <laughs> hey, but I, it, I haven't heard from him in a really long time. So if you're Damn out there it. listening, I'm waiting for part four. Because Dude, I'm waiting for part four. Like, I, this is, yeah, this is, this is the Tarantino thing. It's yeah, like, let's, right? let's get the end of the fucking series. Ah, wow. No, yellow rain slicker. Okay. Right. And, and it's shit. the most tame thing I've ever done. But you know what's funny? It's like, that's, that's where it starts. Like, you go, like, this like is no so... no nudity. No yeah. real weirdness. Yeah, you're wearing a yellow rain slicker. You're walking around... With a black turtleneck and blue jeans and boots. Like, I was covered. Like, there was... Yeah. Son of a You saw my face and my hands, like, the only flesh. That is... That is... It's some... I mean, like I said, I, I'm not here to judge... Any Me either. sort of, yeah, not at all. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, we have no control over what we get into, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that, you know, it's a matter of like what hits you at the right age. Yeah. Um, and what uh, formulates, you know, what, or what, how you were brought up or, or what how, your experience exactly. was. Like, I had one. Exactly. I had one custom. This is really weird. Nothing's weird, but this was really weird. <laughs> Because this guy, and he was a super nice guy. He was super, he's like your dream custom client. He mm-hmm. sends you the script. He sends you the links to Amazon to buy the props. Tells you to give him a total, including props. You give him the total. He sends the, he sends payment for the clip and like cat money. And then he sends you an Amazon gift card for the props. Okay. Like ASAP. Dream custom client. Yeah, yeah. But I had to, but there he had to have had some sort of like issues he needed to deal with. I had to wear, well, he said no makeup, and I was like, Mm-mm, no. <laughs> like, I'll do minimal, but I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> so I was like in minimal makeup. And to me, like you're seeing me right now, to me, this is minimal makeup, what I'm wearing right now. Okay. Um, it was less, like much less. I had to. And he was definitely not American. I had to wear um, my hair in the remember the nineties when like the Bjork knots were yeah. And but the girls were doing the two up here like the yeah. rave thing. I'd yeah. do that with my hair. Okay. I had to wear one of those sauna silver sauna suits from the eighties. Oh shit! Yeah. It looked like you were covered in silver. Yeah, I was like silver plastic like. Pants. People would work out. People would work out. Yeah. Those to, yeah. Those things are fucking hot, man. Like that's not, what they're made not for. Not sexy hot. They're like they're no. Like, they're, yeah. They're right. Made, they're made to cook you. Right. Well, yeah. they work. Yeah. And I had to wear. Um, he wanted gold body jewelry, so I had to wear a because my septum ring closed a billion years ago. But mm. I had to wear like a fake gold septum ring. Fake. I had to glue cheek piercings oh on my, my cheeks. God. I had to wear a pendant with like an gold angel on it I had to wear some kind of weird bracelet it was gold and gold earrings and a gold anklet and bare feet and it was like a 40 minute clip where I had to basically I was I was his mother and he put me in an asylum And I had to go from like angry to like crazy, which is kind of hard to do if you're neither. 
and I had to go, I can't believe you put your mother in here. Don't you know how much your mother loves you? And I had to like grow up myself, like, but you like seeing your mother in here, don't you? Okay. Yeah, it was really, 40 fucking minutes of that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had to give a jerk off instruction. Oh, what? It yeah, just, it delved, because it just it's kind of melted into that. Or? Yeah, because on my clip store, it's called—I think I called it Asylum Joi. Okay. It didn't sell. I mean, go figure. I mean, I mean, if yeah, if you want to go look for it, you can. You can. It's entertaining, maybe, but that was—I mean, the park, the the rainbow, the raincoat one was like an otter request, mm-hmm. but tame in comparison. Whereas this one. I feel that there is probably a lot of psychology in that guy's life that he needs to really address. Oh, there's, yeah. That, that just... And I'm mean, not here to judge. I mean, I, I, be, I will happily do something for someone if it's within my moral, you know, spectrum and everything. Yeah. And it's kosher and whatever. Oh. oh. So, um... <laughs> but that, I mean, just with the things he had me say, I mean, there's... You knew there was something going on there. Yeah, and I don't want to know what it is, or if how horrible his stop it, <laughs> or how horrible his life might have. Been. That just makes me sad. Yeah. So I hope that I brought him joy by doing this custom clip for him. And that is, I think, I think that's one of the things that I I, I look at too. Is just like you know, is this, you know, is this something that's going to bring somebody comfort or or joy or you know, it's going to bring them out of their you know day to day and and if i feel if that's the case then you know yeah we'll right. do it yeah it'll be fine like as long as it doesn't cross the lines that we've already set but that is that's a great one holy shit that's a really good one i feel like i'm collecting these <laughs> um but uh so you guys who are doing the live stream right now we're gonna go ahead and cut it off so you guys uh are gonna have to actually go listen to the podcast which is gonna be free at uh, podomatic.com also on itunes podcast just look for wrestling with fetish and you guys will see it there and then um the rest of it you'll have to you know listen to on your own time so we'll see you guys in a bit adios but so we're um are you oh are those are those the the hosts are they they good what oh that i don't know if you had the people you were staying with oh uh yeah they're fine they're just going to bed okay and she was letting me know and then garrett was like oh yeah he's like i want to bed and be like no (laughs) well we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up this uh this is crazy because we really could just keep talking forever we could and i could but it's but yeah, thirty, and we both have work. Tomorrow. I know we both have shit to do. Um, <laughs> damn it, responsibility! But um, ladies and gents, this has been a very unexpected uh, treat for me um, to be able to uh, shoot the shit, as it were, mm-hmm. with Nixon. Who you know, in terms of just models and producers and just people to be around, like Jesus Christ, she's awesome. Oh, thank and, you. Um, and like, I remember the last time you came through, I was, I literally was like, what the fuck? Are you, why are you leaving now? It's only like, you know, it's been four hours since I saw you. And then, <laughs> you know, like you, you came and you did a thing for four hours and you left. And I was like, God, that's not enough time to, to catch up. But um, this has been great. I think we've, we've really touched on some really good things. Um, stuff that no one else I think is talking about at all. And no, I know we talk about asylum jerk off instructions. That's true. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, you did build up to that. That was a really good crescendo. <laughs> that's still that's gonna that's gonna haunt me for a couple. You want me to send you the clip? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think you already said if someone wants to find it, they can type in X amount of words or whatever. But no, I ah. That's why I do this, man. This is the great thing about fetishes. Like, there's always going to be a surprise around the corner. Like, until the day we die, it's mm-hmm. going to be like, uh, actually, we'll be on our deathbeds. And I think our last words will be like, someone's into that. <laughs> and it'll just be like the death, like, it's just us, like, <sighs> like, happy that we got to experience the things that we experience. Um, but, um, so yeah, uh, Nixon, you are awesome. I, oh, I can't wait to get you back. Um, we love you to death, and uh, we are happy to consider you a model that we work with, but more so a, a friend. Oh, and, thank you. Um, it means a lot. I know it means a lot to me too. And she will be back, guys, because there's a lot more to talk about. And we can even do a thing where, like, maybe it's us and like someone else that we 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 know really well. We could do like a nice three way conversation. Or Garrett and I can come up together. Oh yes. Oh, in that case, I'll just fucking sit back and ask a question every couple, like every 20 minutes. <laughs> just let you guys fucking discuss. Um, but in the meantime, um, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. We're going to be gone for a couple of weeks for Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm going to bring my recorder up to New York, uh, possibly do something up there. I can't make any promises because it is going to be, there's going to be a lot of turkey and, and, and wine and, and shoes and family. <laughs> um, and this is a, we are now living in a, in a, in a Trump era. <laughs> so maybe talking to family isn't the best idea mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we didn't talk about politics tonight so and you never went with me yeah we did so good it's publicly we were so we were so good um, and uh, so yeah so good night guys and enjoy yourselves and I mean that enjoy yourselves because what else do we have uh, but good night and we will talk to you next time on wrestling a fetish bye Adios. Bye.